Flyover Politics Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. say in some very specific ways, we, the media, I participated in it for 30 years, have not been credible. We have lost trust. And that's just, I think that's really bad. And it's something that we need to fix. And, and the obvious problem is something we said we were going to correct in 2016, which is we don't know anybody who votes for Trump. And so you really got the sense, watching everybody, that like, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to support Trump or whatever. And that's why the rallies were such a huge shock to a lot of people. In the last week, all these people unapologetically saying, I love Donald Trump. And it's like, I've never met anybody who says something. Who are these people? We have a huge problem in our business with being cut off from the country we cover. And I would say a lot of power centers in this country have that problem. But we have it in the media. And I really sincerely hope we fix it because we're moving toward like zero credibility. And that's bad. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Molly Hemingway earlier in the show about uh, the president and his supporters feeling like he was not running only against Joe Biden, but was running against a lot of the media as well. Uh, he couldn't get on on some of those rallies. We aired rallies from Democrats and the president right. throughout this this process. Uh, but they always felt like it was an uphill battle. He is still has a path to 270 tonight. And as Britt mentions every few minutes, the betting odds are increasing uh, for President Trump. Well, they are. And I, and I have to say, because I think it's, I'm bitter about it, and it's worth being bitter about. We found out in the final days of this campaign that members of the president's family were under an active FBI investigation into business deals that we, I think, pretty conclusively proved he knew about, parts of which he approved of. Tony Boblinski was a direct participant in those conversations with the former vice president, not accusing him of a crime, but merely saying he was involved. And that story was utterly squelched. Boblinski's name wasn't mentioned on any other channel apart from Fox News. It was completely ignored on purpose, not because it wasn't newsworthy. It most certainly was newsworthy, but because they were taking a partisan position on behalf of a presidential candidate. Now, that's, it's not just a matter of being annoyed that the media are liberal or whatever. They've always been liberal. That's fine. I'm not mad about that. I accept it as reality. Why it's scary is that on a night like tonight, the whole country, 350 million of us, will only know who the president is when the media tell us. The president did not have any evidence presented at all. Nothing. No real, actual evidence uh, of any kind of fraud. He talked about people putting up papers in windows. He talked about things that he'd seen on the Internet. That is the president of the United States. That is the most powerful person in the world. And we see him like an obese turtle on his back, flailing in the hot sun, realizing his time is over. But he just hasn't accepted it, and he wants to take everybody down with him, including this country. Claire? You know, I, I think that the world is watching, and they're watching. And could not come up with a better uh, attack on our democracy. Well... That, that no, I agree with you. Let me say something that you maybe you let's just be really blunt about this. Why is he talking about Detroit? Why is he talking about Philadelphia? Yeah. It's not subtle. It's race. It's race. It's Donald Trump's go-to play, and it's disgusting. So I just uh, want to say that. I, I I I appreciate you teeing it up. It's unbelievable that he can say 
these cities are known for corruption, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's corruption all across this country in every institution. Why are you singling out these two black cities? Why are you denying the victory that these people have fought for? I, I, I'm, I'm, up, I'm upset about it because African-Americans have fought so hard for the right to vote. I just want, I just want to finish. African-Americans and our allies have fought so hard for the right to vote. This right to vote for us is precious. Uh, John Lewis died this year. Uh, this is something, we went and we got young African-Americans across this country to believe, to, to buy in, to stand in line, to do this thing, and have the President of the United States crap all over their efforts. It hurts. And you can say he didn't mean it to be racial, but it feels racial to it, us. Sir. It's disgraceful. I've covered politics a really long time, and I've never witnessed anything like that. And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It is the 6th of November, year of our Lord, 2020. And that intro pretty much sums it up. Um, yeah, we're in some really weird times as a nation. Um, I, I I went at this from so many different levels. It was hard to go which I wanted to go um, because there truly is um, a story happening. And it's unprecedented. We, we've never had anything like this in our life. Uh, this is not um, 2000. This is just unprecedented. Unprecedented. Um, we did things different on this election. We really just made things up in blue states. And by the end of this, we're going to cover the first time I ever thought I'd cover it on a podcast, fraud. I mean, there's just it's hard not to. Once again, for those who knew the show, you listened to me a couple times, not a Trumper, not a Republican. I come from this from the angle that, you know, we have to have fair elections. We just have to. And for the last four years, um, that's the kind of attitude we've gotten from the media. For four years, the media has not recognized Donald Trump as the elected president. Democratic Party didn't. When they lost, they went after him for Russia. They went after him from all these different angles. And we've been perpetual. We don't trust the election. That, that's where we're at. Um, so for those people to say these things is quite hypocritical. It's hard to believe they can get away with it. Um, and remember, these are the people, a giddy New York Times. It was supposed to be a 400 electoral college blowout. That was our media. And I want to start with media because that's why we do this podcast. This video pretty much sums up the last four years of media. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. When he said today, America first, it was not just the racial, I mean, the, I should say racial, the Hitlerian uh, background to it. There was an America first committee. They were infiltrated by the Nazis. Many of them were anti-Semitic, part of why they weren't alarmed by Hitler's rise in Germany. Outside of the Civil War, World War II, and including 9-11, this may be the most cataclysmic event the country's ever seen. But he's just 
disgusting to look at. Uh, he's obese. He's one of the repulsive, physically-looking human beings I've ever seen. Absolutely no morals. Who's a bully, who acts like a bigot and a racist, and is a sexist and a sexual harasser. The case for impeachment has never been stronger. The evidence never so riveting. Are you suggesting that President Trump should face impeachment? Another member of Congress wants him impeached. There's growing talk, at least, about impeachment. What is your case for impeachment? The first day of public testimony in the impeachment inquiry, opening with a bombshell. We got the bombshell. A, a bombshell. 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 One bombshell after another. Bombshell after bombshell. We're bracing for potentially an explosive opening statement. Explosive week. It's explosive testimony. Explosive. Truly explosive. The most explosive thing. This is a slow motion explosion. How explosive? Very explosive. And I think it will be explosive. Wow. Donald Trump feels the walls closing in. Really kind of the walls closing in on him. Walls closing in on him. The walls closing in on him. There is a non-trivial chance that if Donald Trump loses the election, he ends up living out the rest of his days in prison. But here's the question. Would you like to see President Trump in prison? Do you want to see the president in prison? Do you think Trump could end up going to jail? He could actually face jail time. Donald Trump could end up in jail. In prison. If he ends up in jail, so be it. You are pathetic. From a journalism point of view, Donald Trump is a brain-eating disease. How stupid can you be? This president has radicalized so many more people than ISIS ever did. His ignorance could pose a profound danger to every single person in this country and literally every inhabitant of the planet Earth. No, we won't. Call them fascist comments. Fascist. Fascism. Fascist. Xenophobic. Racist. Demagogic. Sexist. Autocratic. Donald Trump is a fascist. Someone like a fascist or a tyrant or an autocrat. Fascist. Hitler. Hitler. Adolf Hitler. 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 Well, Hitler. 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 He could well be just an empty man, an empty yeah. human being with no soul. Donald Trump blows Vladimir Putin like they are illegal immigrants hiding in Putin's and he's got to suck them all out. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. You, Donald Trump, are a horrible, horrible human being. Horrible. So we're going to set the table. That's our first little soundbite. That was what, you know, four years. The social media environment, we've beaten like a dead horse. But understand, this video was censored from Facebook. It was not allowed to be played. America is a land of heroes. A place where greatness is born. Where destinies are forged and where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt, of many great generals, including Washington, Pershing, Patton, and MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many more. This is the country where children learn names like Wyatt Earp, Davy Crockett, and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth and where Texas Patriots made their last stand at the Alamo. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, strongest, fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of the earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown 
tamed the wilderness, settled the Wild West, lifted millions from poverty, disease, and hunger, vanquished tyranny and fascism, ushered the world to new heights of science and medicine, laid down the railroads, dug out the canals, raised up the skyscrapers. Our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history, and we are making it greater than ever before. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are Americans. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. And we change history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone is made equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here, on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored. Our brightest discoveries are not yet known. Our most thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. And before election coverage could go down, this is Jake Tapper. The votes weren't even being counted yet. This is Jake Tapper was chanting fire Fauci. It's all part of the president's campaign strategy to deny the serious of the virus. His son even denies the dead bodies. The president undermining healthcare experts, holding events where the virus has literally been spread. Incredibly reckless. The nation, of course, is on edge as the United States prepares to pick its president, President Trump. Also defending behavior today by some of his supporters whose caravan the Biden campaign says surrounded a Biden bus on the highway in Texas and attempted to slow the bus down and run it off the road, the Biden campaign says. The incident is being investigated by the FBI, so we do not really have any definitive idea of what happened or who did it beyond the viral videos out there. But the president is backing his supporters as patriots who did nothing wrong. Perhaps the most worrisome development of all, however, President Trump is now signaling that he may very well prematurely and falsely declare victory on election night, a Trump advisor tells CNN, even if votes are still being counted and the outcome of the election is unclear. One of the president's top campaign aides Sunday seemed to refer to the normal process of counting vote by mail or absentee ballots as, quote, stealing the election, which, of course, it is not. 
President Trump has denied that he has plans to prematurely declare victory, but he is openly threatening legal action to stop the counting of legally cast vote-by-mail ballots in places such as Pennsylvania. Democrats have disproportionately voted by mail and early voting during the pandemic, so we should note that. This seems, therefore, a clear attempt to disenfranchise voters who may not be Trump voters. One. So that's how we started it off. I also want to set the table that, for the record, Donald Trump won the highest amount of non-voters since 1960. Nobody's ever won that many voters. And we'll have a hate section today where the left is going off about that. But understand, when Ohio and Florida were done, he had expanded his vote. He had improved to 20% with blacks and 45% with Latino. He even won the Indian Native American vote in North Carolina. It's never happened. Hillary won by 69 And in those initial states, we didn't see anything. Okay, we didn't didn't see Biden expanding. Furthermore, we did not vote by mail. Just two years ago, Republicans did a ballot harvesting mail. The media lost their shit. There was a re-election. The Republican won anyway. But we were told that that was fraud. It was unacceptable. But the Democrats did the entire country. So today we're going to do violence, of course, on the backside. But we're going to just do some basic stuff and start walking in. At the end of the day, I will accept whoever's the president because that's what we do as adults in America. You accept the outcome. But as we ease in... Normal people, nonpartisan people, are saying there's just something off about this. The New York Times, before we started doing shit on Tuesday, said the media are the people who decide elections. That was endpoint. It was a long little tweet that they deleted. They decide. And as we go through this, we're going to do some basic stuff, and then we're just going to go into what I believe, and many Americans believe, is fraud. Something's wrong. They tried to prop it up that this was all normal. And for months, they've been saying it's going to take longer. You're not going to have it. It's going to take longer. Simultaneously saying, hey, it's going to be a goddamn blowout. So much so, you have these kind of sound bites that they're devastated it wasn't, and wow, this wasn't good for the Dems. While Democrats were really looking for a, a repudiation of President Trump and the type of politics that they say he stands for, they didn't get that. They wanted a moral victory, not just a political victory. They may get the political victory, but the moral victory doesn't appear that it's going to come right now. What happened to Democrats what, 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 last what, what, night? I mean, again, with all due respect, 
Well, I mean, it, the president of the United States, historically unpopular, his job approval, somewhere around 46, 47. Um, and, and, and it's this close. Joe Biden wins the presidency. He will come in as perhaps the, the weakest newly elected president in memory. He'll have zero chance to do any major legislative initiatives, all the court packing, adding states, all that's totally off. He'd be legislatively neutered pretty much from the beginning and have no mandate at the outset. You have Joe Biden coming in weekend for the Democrats who were hoping that last night would be a grand repudiation of Trumpism. That certainly did not happen. The Democrats want Biden to win, of course, but he does emerge in a Democratic best case scenario, deeply, deeply damaged. Also undecided tonight, the critical battle for control of the Senate. But it appears the Democrats' hope of taking back the majority are fading. With more, here's Casey Hunt. Tonight, while Democrats will keep control of the House, with Nancy Pelosi set to become Speaker again, control of the Senate is still up for grabs. I don't know whether I'm going to be the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator. But it's shaping up to be a much bigger Republican win than the party expected, and a bitter disappointment for Democrats who were confident they could win back the Senate. They did flip seats in Colorado and Arizona, but could not beat several vulnerable Republicans. To the people of Maine. Thank you, thank you. Like Susan Collins, who won in Maine. That this is an affirmation of the work that I'm doing in Washington to fight hard every day. And Joni Ernst in Iowa. And while races in North Carolina and Michigan still haven't been called, two likely runoffs in Georgia could end up deciding the Senate majority. Brutal battles that could cost tens of millions more. We had a... Overall, I think a better election than most people thought we were going to have across the country. But, yeah, we have improvement we need to make. Democrats losing two pricey races in the South. Democrat Amy McGrath spent over $73 million but got blown out by Mitch McConnell. And Jamie Harrison dropping over $100 million but losing big to Republican Lindsey Graham. To all the liberals in California and New York, you wasted a lot of money. This is the worst return on investment in the history of American politics. So, Casey, what are Democrats telling you about the, you know, what this means for next year? Well, Lester, these results really show that the country is more divided than ever. Democrats actually lost seats in the House, which they really weren't expecting. They were expecting to gain seats. And some Democrats are telling me they worry that this is going to embolden Republicans and that it really may make it harder to overcome gridlock in Washington. Uh, and if Joe Biden were to win the White House in the end, make it harder to govern or to get any of his priorities across the finish line in Congress. And this is, I mean, for the Democrats, John, it's not just the White House. They, were, they had hopes yeah. of taking the Senate. Those seem to be fading away. They're, it's within reach, but, but barely. And the House, they were hoping to make gains, and, and that's evaporated as well, it looks like. Right, exactly. I mean, so at the end of the night, uh, or at the end of the day, or wherever we are at this hour, um, they, uh, they, they did not do as well as they thought they were going to do, across the board, really. I mean, unless they win the presidency. But if they win the presidency... It is in the narrowest of the, the narratives they had. I mean, when we talked to the Biden campaign, you know, they had this one exciting uh, version of events where they win North Carolina, Georgia, the Midwest, and then they were even flirting with Texas. Well, that's not happening. So yeah. um, uh, the Democrats will have to see where it all finally comes. All of Anthony's yeah. briefing, but there, a, are, there is a pathway. Yeah, I mean, but it's certainly not as good a nice. We, we were in a. 
years ago. He's on top in a big way. And we have to talk about Kenosha because it's interesting what's happening here. Half the vote is in, right? But Donald Trump barely won this four years ago. There was huge protest because of the shooting of Jacob Blake, social unrest in the streets. It got national attention. Donald Trump right now is up here in a major way. This is not good for Democrats. Like I said, those swing counties aren't going for Democrats right now. One more county I want to talk about, Sauk County. Obama had this. It swung for President Trump four years ago. It was very tight. He's up there as well. We also like Sauk County because it's the home of the International Clown Hall of Fame. They were upset. We have more on that before we end our A block. But as the night went on, it's like they knew something was going to happen. And the overt racism that was, or racism, but the overt bias that was happening, we'll break down in a second, but you can start seeing in this, when we start talking, because they both talked the first night, Trump disparaged Biden, oh, so presidential. Kyle Griffin, Biden lawyer, Bob Bauer, we're winning the election, we've won the election, and we're going to defend that election. Trump is now spreading misinformation about the vote counting and election vote. Trump is claiming victories in state he's not won. The president is describing an alternate election reality. Trump, we want all voting to stop. Trump has not won the election. General Malley, Dillon, and briefing, Joe Biden's on track. Trump said this, Trump said that. They were just disparaging everything. Because remember, if you want to go back in time, Bush v. Gore, they've never gotten over that. And the first thing the Bush people said is, we won. And they just stayed with it. They were right. They did win. So Biden and company, that was the plan. They've been putting out letter, uh, articles. They're going to aggressively attack. And they're going to do this. And they're going to do that. And then media was helping. All night they were helping. Biden would come out and say, to make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as enemies. Caleb Hull, aren't you the guy that called Trump supporters chumps two days ago? Ari Fleischer, Republicans want to put y'all back in chains. Lincoln Projects was losing it during the night. Like they knew something was up. Fucking piece of shit, punk ass liar, you didn't get a Navy, you little sh Nazi shit stain. This is who the people of North Carolina just elected this little piece shit liar. Who is that? Madison Cawthorn won. More on that in a second. Twitter continues to fucking censor Trump. Anybody. You put any videos up, most of these videos I had to try to get six or seven times. They were taken down. We'll play it in the fraud section. Because Dems called on it. This is a threat to democracy. You can't let them talk. And because it wasn't a landslide, and in my opinion, we had to go to plan B, they then went into everybody's a fucking racist. Everybody's a fucking racist. Teen Vogue, Biden didn't win in a landslide because he's a racist. Hollywood, a dangerous racist. America's just dangerously racist. Josh Gad, there can be two truths. Biden's going to win this, and America has shown itself to be dangerously racist, pathetic, and more willing to vote for hatred than their own lives. But at least we'll get to fight another day. More on that and the ramifications. Mini Driver, how can so many people in America love so much that is awful? Mark Ruffalo, Sarah Silverman, all of them. You're all racist because you didn't vote like us. And Joy Reid, during the first night, oh, she was already on it.
last night did just feel fraught. It did feel fraught. And I think partly because even though we knew the red wave was a thing, and then it, the red mirage, I should say, the red mirage, we all knew it was coming. But when, you're right, in the moment, it is it's enervating. Mm. It's, it's aggravating. Mm -hmm. And I think partly, and I, I said this last night, I do think it's because we've been reporting for five years, Rachel, about Russia, about national security, you know, just, just undermining our national security, you know, the impeachment, um, the racism, the Nazis, all of it. And then COVID laying on top of it felt like a repudiation was coming. Sure. And I think even though we intellectually understand what America is at its base, right, that there is a great amount of racism, anti-blackness, anti-wokeness, this idea that political correctness is some sort of scheme to destroy white America, right? Like, we know what this country is, but you still, part of you, I think part of your, your heart says, you know what, maybe the country is going to pay, pay off all of this pain, the, the children were stolen with a repudiation. And as the night wore on, and, you, it, and I realized, and it sunk in, okay, that's not happening. Mm. We are still who we thought, you know, Almost unfortunately. Every incumbent in the, country, in the country is going back the to their office. Going yeah. right back in. It is, it's, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah, we're all racist because we didn't vote like them. And surprisingly, in ramifications, I'll cover how both sides are saying that. The other side is hate, which is really dangerous. But there were two type of people. In my opinion, there were people that were in the know. And there were people that truly believed the polls. And you can hear that as we go out to our first break, because this is rather long. Here is the media kind of losing it because Trump was winning big. And the states he had won. It was looking really good. When I went to bed Tuesday night, I thought he'd pulled it out. But then I woke to some sawed-off bullshit. Spectacle of 400 people, as reported, wadded into the East Room, maybe some of them not wearing masks, for a partisan event in this room that has seen so many sacred rituals, like the funerals of uh, Franklin Roosevelt and the lying in state of John Kennedy. I don't think that's the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, if the last four years have showed us anything, this is a norm-breaking administration. I just immediately think of the RNC uh, and the speech the president gave there from the White House. Uh, let Couldn't me ask be you, more right. Yeah, let me ask you about something else that we saw over the past couple of days, this aggressive scene in Texas uh, with a Biden-Harris bus nearly being run off the road. How close have we come to violence in our elections in recent history? And what I mean by violence, I'm not just talking about uh, the isolated stuff, but I'm talking about these types of broad, uh, similar pattern of behavior, these caravans that are going out, either shutting down highways or, in this case, uh, harassing this campaign bus. This is totally out of keeping with the way we run elections in this American democracy. And even more out of keeping is to have a president who is the head of his campaign saying, I think this is sort of a good idea. Maybe we can get some more. Or proud boys stand back and stand by. Uh, this is the kind of thing we've never seen before. We Americans have to be active citizens, especially over the next two days. We have to demand that this be a free and fair election of the kind that we have always seen and that this not degenerate into chaos. You know, we're going to have to sleep well tonight and make sure that we demand 
of our government and our system and everyone involved in it that this election unfold in the same way that elections always have. I have to say, Don't do that. We, we could lose our democracy. Yeah, I was going to say, Michael, I've spent a lot of time covering elections overseas, and I often say, uh, certainly to my friends, if we saw what was happening in this country now over... Democrats at this moment mm -hmm. seem to have reduced their majority, lost some seats in the House, and the Senate looks to stay in Republican hands, although the votes are still being counted. This is not what we expected going into the night. I mean, we were pretty sure, certainly all of my sources were saying, both Republicans and Democrats, that Democrats were going to add to their majority in the House. I think it raises big questions about what is the future of the Democratic Party. Sure, you know, Joe Biden has a path, more paths than Donald Trump to the White House. But here's a party that was running against a candidate who was deemed unacceptable by traditional Democratic, you know, standards by Hillary Clinton. I covered that whole campaign. She was giving speeches, you know, he's just unacceptable, to say nothing of the deplorables comment. But mm -hmm. the, the fact is, he was just not judged by the Democratic establishment to be acceptable. And look at all the norms he's broken in the last four years, mm -hmm. according to the intelligence community and you know, military leaders, bipartisan leaders, you know, all of the former Republicans, the Lincoln Project. And so what is it about our policy? For the sake of argument, if Donald Trump is to prevail tonight and then uh, Democrats win seven out of the last eight popular votes, but don't hold the presidency for eight, I mean, for 16 of those years, what does that say about the country? And do you think the country will fully accept it? That, that, of course, is the question, George. You're absolutely right. I mean, that is the Constitution at work. The Constitution works on the basis of Electoral College. A lot of complaints about it. Very difficult to change. It, we are a continental nation, and communities that are not in the population areas will want to be represented. But set aside the Electoral College and, and talk about losing uh, the presidency uh, with, by winning the popular vote. It will call into question the legitimacy of the democracy for a lot of people. They'll just say, this is baloney. This doesn't work. We keep getting all the votes that in a normal majoritarian race you should win the presidency with. And this system, which dates from a slaveholding constitutional founding, doesn't work for us. It's very difficult to change, but I, don't, I think it'll deepen cynicism, deepen distrust, it is what it is. It is how the system works. But you can't say that young people coming up, people who worked hard uh, to do whatever they could to get their guy across the line, got him across the line, and then see again that because of the system they don't win, that's going to cast doubt on it. Division is part of the oxygen of democracy. If we all agreed on everything, it wouldn't be a democracy. The difference is, and it's a deeply troubling one, is that many people have set aside, it seems, their capacity to change their minds if circumstance suggests they should. We're looking at it, the streets boarded up. We are looking at people on edge. Yeah. We're wondering when the results are coming in. We're, we're preaching calm. But if you could fast forward a couple of days or a week, what do you see? A lot of this depends on how the president's supporters react to the way the president's going to behave. I think that a lot of folks need to use their own conscience here. They need to use their own uh, heart and mind as they watch what's, in, what's going to be a close, close election. There have been some warning signs for your campaign in the last couple of days that the black vote is not turning out. 
strongly enough for Joe Biden in the early vote, at least in uh, South Carolina, rather in uh, Florida, and in some other states, North Carolina may, maybe as well, that there could be some suppression going on. There's certainly a real delay in postal service letter deliveries we've seen in a lot of the big cities with large minority populations, which could be you know, something other than coincidence. What are your concerns about getting the black vote out? Well, I think the black vote will be very robust. I think they want to make sure that uh, their voice is heard. I think a lot of it will be outraged to the fact that Donald Trump is trying so hard to keep them uh, from voting. And then there's two other things that I think you have to keep in mind, that uh, the post office, uh, because of Donald Trump and the cuts and everything, they're overwhelmed uh, if you give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think a lot of African Americans who requested ballots are deciding that they will go cast their vote in person on Election Day. And it's almost become a ritual for African Americans to vote on Election Day. It's sort of a homecoming at the voting polls. I choose to vote on uh, Election Day because you get to go see the poll workers and your neighbors and your friends and, you know, catch up. So, look, we're going we're gonna to have a great turnout uh, tomorrow, and I think it's going to match everything that we've seen. And if you look at the record numbers in Georgia, then those states that don't have record numbers, I think you'll see those record numbers uh, catch up tomorrow on in-person voting. And, you know, finally, there was a, an incident over the weekend in North Carolina, a really troubling incident with pepper spray being used against uh, protesters, largely minority voters, uh, who were trying to protest. Before you go, I just want to say a couple of things. I think, um, I think a lot of Democrats are hurt tonight. I think there's a lot of hurt out there. Um, there's a moral victory and there's a political victory. They're not, the same, they're not the same thing. The political victory still may come. But I think for people who saw babies being snatched away from their mothers at the border, uh, for people who are sending their kids into schools where the N-word is now being used against them, uh, for people who have seen this wave of intolerance, uh, they wanted a moral victory tonight. Uh, we wanted to see a repudiation of this direction for the country. And the fact that it's this close, I think, uh, it's hurt, it's, it hurts. It just hurts. Uh, I think people got, people got their hopes up looking at those polls. Um, the political victory, I think, is still possible because you still have Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Nebraska, too. The political victory may yet come. Mm -hmm. But I just got to be honest tonight that I think people who, uh, there, there were people who were hoping for a big repudiation, and that has not yet come. And a lot of people are hurt and scared tonight in the Democratic Party. Senator, I think there are three things we can learn. First of all, uh, there's some myths that have been destroyed tonight. Uh, Republicans, it turns out when a whole bunch of people vote, it doesn't necessarily hurt you. So maybe you can let more people vote. You had a big turnout. You haven't been hurt by it. Democrats, it turns out when diverse people uh, vote, it doesn't always go our way. So it's not a census. It's an election. We're going to have to do a much better job of reaching out to Latinos and to African-Americans in some parts of the country. And lastly, these polls are not to be trusted there's something wrong with the polling that. industry uh, because uh, the reason that people right now, I think, are hurt is because we got we, we got a little yeah. bit inflated with these. Who do America's allies want to win tonight? Well, on the whole, and by a vast majority, they want Biden to win. Why? Because they want America to get back to its regular role in the world as a sort of gatherer and a convener of the multilateral world order that has worked uh, since the end of World War II, in which the United States has been supporting and leading. And they don't like what we're told by the former, for instance, British Chancellor of the Exchequer, the Treasury Secretary, former Foreign Minister Philip Hammond said to us that he doesn't think another 
four years uh, would be survivable of a Trump presidency because mm. he calls it the world in a deep freeze of a hostile U.S. disengagement. Sounds complex, but what it means is the U.S. has pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, out of the climate deal, has tried to sort of, you know, to an extent, ruffle NATO and what it does, pull troops out of West Germany, done a lot of things that has destabilized the alliance. So certainly the Europeans would like to see a Biden win, although they do not think that it will be, you know, American engagement uh, status quo ante. They know that the U.S. is kind of fed up of international intervention. My name is Brian McCaffrey. I'm a registered Democrat in the city of Philadelphia. Today, I'm at the Philadelphia Convention Center, and I am overseeing the ballot counters. I will let you know the corruption that is going on here. They will not allow us within 30 to 100 feet to supervise the ballots being counted. This is a coup against the President of the United States of America, and I want to call out the Mayor of Philadelphia, James Kenney, the Attorney General, Josh Shapiro, who tweeted that there's no way Donald Trump can win President of the United States of America, and also the District Attorney of Philadelphia, Larry Krasner. I can't believe what I'm seeing right before my eyes. This has nothing to do with Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This has to do with our democracy, and I will tell you, there is corruption at the highest level in the city of Philadelphia. These are the votes that you guys aren't keeping track of. These are the votes you can toss, and we'll never even know it. That's why you're doing it. The Sharpies don't, I mean, they did matter for a long time. For like a long time, we had to say no to Sharpies because the bleed through would impact the vote. Those videos took forever to get. I once again say they took forever to get because they were being suppressed. Everything was being suppressed. If you were saying something that wasn't in the narrative, it was suppressed. Now, I hate doing this section, but I have no other recourse but to do it. It's not spilled milk. I don't think it's it's um, that I'm upset because I went into this, as the media said, It was supposed to be a landslide. But there's so many inconsistencies that I ask all of you right now. Even if you hated Trump and you listen to my show. Even if you're the most intelligent person I know, boss in New York. I want you to think 
that everything is a reverse. So to do that, I'm going to lay out my theory and then start breaking it down with data of how this went in reverse. So Republicans push vote by mail and they change the rules and count dates. Fox News has been pushing for one year that it's going to be a landslide. It's going to be a blue wave. The Democrats are going to get the Senate. They're going to pick up more Republican seats. Trump has no base. He's got less voters. He's going to lose all these states because there's not a state that is polling that he is ahead. Republicans go out and they say voter suppression. Biden's trying to suppress the vote. And they set that table. As the night begins, you're focused on Florida, which is officially a Democrat state. And you hold it. You slow walk all Trump wins. Or excuse me, Biden wins. Even though he's supposed to win it. And within that, as it breaks down, you realize that Biden has expanded his base and he has increased his votes from 2016. Then Ohio comes. While that's happening, they're fast walking every Trump. Virginia, Arizona, that people are like, what the fuck? It doesn't make sense. Trump's ahead by 20 points, but you gave Virginia to him. And you gave this to him because you're saying you have to count all the votes. We've got to count all the votes. But everything for Trump is just going down. It's just, it's like instantaneously. Then all of a sudden in Georgia, a traditional blue state in our theory, because we're looking at it in reverse, a pipe breaks. Biden's way ahead. Nevada stops, then everybody stops counting. At this point, Trump, or excuse me, Biden, I'm fucking this all up. Biden has expanded his vote. He's increased in all areas. He's gotten demographics that Democrats haven't gotten 30 years. Ohio and Florida, so goes the election. You're seeing that the Republicans aren't going to pick up Senate seats. They're not going to pick up all these House seats like they were supposed to. And then at 4 a.m., there's huge dumps of votes for Trump. The media is spinning that Biden needs to, he just needs to, Concede the race. The media keeps coming on. We need to count all the votes. When Biden goes on TV, he's ruining an election. When Trump goes on TV, he's so presidential. All of that happened. That's exactly how it went down. When I went to bed last night, Trump, who was winning expediently, And Pennsylvania expediently in Georgia, a state that has never 
It hasn't gone blue in 30 fucking years. But we know they said that things were fucked up and the Democrats said there was voter suppression. So they took over that election. Process. And I wake up in the morning and he's losing everything. He has lost everything. And Biden has won everything. They keep saying, well, it's because it's the, the votes and the votes break this. The problem is, is we break this down, folks. It doesn't make sense. None of it. Just objectively, once again, knowing Trump's going to lose, knowing they, they, they can't win, that he just can't win this. It's, it's been a whole year of he's not going to win. And with four years of just the most horrendous coverage and dogging him, that even on election night, they're still dogging him and belittling him and saying things that you just never would hear for a Democrat. None of this makes sense. It just doesn't make any sense. It 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 fa- it fails the smell test. Because the way they went around it was so fucking obvious. The voting ballots wouldn't all break for one person without residuals if the democrats or the demographics have improved for a candidate that's universal my friends that's how this works that's how it's always worked but in this election as we'll see it didn't And with Trump getting censored on Twitter constantly, six other conservatives censored, everything that comes out that could prove something's going down, and stories like this, I'm scared Twitter employees melt down over potential Biden loss. These are people going online and saying it out loud. And then you realize Mark Elias, Democratic lawyer, pushed vote by mail in 2020, was behind the Russian dossier. And you time it with, we're going to stop voting or counting. We've never done that. We're just going to stop voting. There's a water break. We're going to wait. Because they believed it. They believed it was going to be a landslide. They didn't believe they were going to have to cook the fucking books. And then all of a sudden, when we go back live... It is un it's statistically unbelievably obvious and statistically unable to accomplish votes dumping left, right, and center for Biden. Now, now this is a guy. This was his last speech. Maybe there did be this much in jeopardy. 
We launched our campaign over on the Oval back in 29, May 9, 2019. But, you know, what I said then, we've been through a lot since then. He introduced his granddaughter as his son. And then the media is just so aggressive. And they're holding everything because they're trying to get Biden the votes. Trump says, without question, the latest news conference I've ever had, without question, the latest news conference I've ever had that thanks America people for their support, says a sad group of people trying to disenfranchise support. We will not stand for it. Breaking. President Trump speaks to supporters. Millions and millions of people voted for us tonight, and a very sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise a group of people. We don't stand for it. We'll be going to the Supreme Court. Dem officials in Pennsylvania privately telling Joe Biden we will win the state by a 100 to 2K vote. And the entire night, the attorney general is saying he's not going to win. He can't win. When all the votes are counted, he can't win. Stories start breaking. Anyone in Georgia? Team Joe needs people to go door-to-door helping voters fix their mail-in ballots so they count. Sign up. Joe Pollock. Whatever you think of Tuesday's results, the idea that you can go door-to-door to fix ballots the rest of the week is ridiculous. No secret ballot, no election day, no real oversight. The third world doesn't even tolerate this. It's legalized fraud. Here come the Twitter cops. And it was taken down. Georgia's Secretary of State said this morning they're under 25K votes. Then all of a sudden they shit 60 fucking K. And as stated... Josh Shapiro, this was before the election, during the election, all night. If all votes are added up at PA, Trump's going to lose. That's why he's working overtime to subtract as many votes as he can. For the record, he's 0-6 against us at court. We protected voter rights. Jeremy Boring, what a remarkable statement. The Attorney General of Pennsylvania is calling election results before Election Day. And it was allowed. It was allowed. You have voting precincts covering up windows, voting precincts in Pennsylvania not letting vote watchers, poll watchers. That's our deal. That's how we signed up for this forever. You have Republicans and Democrats in the room to make sure the shit's on the up and up. But they're not allowed. They're not allowed to do that. They're kicked out. It's done behind closed doors. It was doing dumps. And the dumps that I'm talking about, if you were a Democrat and you saw this, two more batches of Pennsylvania votes were reported, 23,277 votes in Philadelphia, all for Biden. Republican County, 5,300 votes, 4,000 for Biden. With 83% of expected vote in, Trump leaning PA is now down to just six points. The steal is on. PA poll watchers denied access, illegal campaigning at the polling location. There were videos that would come up and they'd get taken down. Literally people telling people what to do, putting up ballots that only showed the Democrats. There's video spotted Ohio Recreation Center. Reading is important, but friendly reminder, handing out election literature and polling place is illegal. And they were allowing it. They were motherfuckers. With BLM face masks. There's pictures from Pennsylvania. Vote counters. 
Biden-Harris mask. Pictures of numerous voting places with Biden-Harris on the door. In the line in Philly, anti-Trump music playing. Spotted Ward 12, Shrine of the Miraculous Medal, two people in the same voting booth. Democratic committee woman in North Philly wearing a Biden mask, not letting certified Republican watchers come in. It was just obvious. The scene at Detroit, absentee ballot counting center is growing more heated. The windows now being covered up. Allegations of violations. Secretary of State says she's welcomed challenges. And on top of it, they're this cocky. So on election night, results in Lancaster County were showing an amount well above the amount requested and then nearly double the amount returned. Could you explain why that happened and if that was county specific? I'm sorry, can you repeat that again? Sure. Yeah, in Lancaster County on election night specifically, it was showing results for mail-in ballots that was well above the amount returned and the the amount requested. Can you explain how that happened? I'm trying... You know, I can't remember Lancaster County specifically. What I can tell you is that some of the counties, the way, so, and Lancaster, I'm thinking it probably had to do, so they're one of, I think, the two counties that had hard, have hard voting systems. Um, some of the, each voting system vendor has, the way they translate with the data has worked slightly differently. And as you know, this dashboard, um, and even the website, it's the first year that we broke out provisional ballots, mail-in ballots, and in-person. So. Some of the reporting, if the county's files were not done perfectly, it might merge to the categories, it might put things in the wrong category. So we've been working on all those quirks. Um, Like I know, for example, York was off for for a little while, but that is now corrected. So that may have explained what was going on with Lancaster. Um, There's just been, most of it has been the county, the way they sent us the files, the data was just not in the right place, basically. Why so. sure voters that it was handled and taken care of? Is there, is there a way that you can do that? Well, it's fixed. I mean, it's fixed on the website. And you can also, so, I mean, I, I think I've said this at prior priors of these, but you can always go to the county websites. You can look and see. You know, it's, it's an easy way to double check. Yeah. Anybody who brought this stuff up was shouted down, censored on fucking Facebook or whatever. And the media completely just ignored it. These are some astounding abstain voting results. Joe Biden is plus 57.7 in PA and plus 37.9 in Wisconsin, Michigan, compared to being up only single digit in abstain voting in other battleground states. And once again, we go back to Ohio and Florida. Trump expanded. Then Gary Beard Hiker. They have not taken this down because they can't. 3.30 to 4.30 a.m. They found 140K mail-in ballots for Biden in Wisconsin. Between 3.30 and 500, they found 200K mail-in ballots for Biden in Michigan. Between 2 and 4 a.m., they found 1 million mail ballots in Pennsylvania. All for Biden None for Trump and where they fucked up and why conservatives believe this is voter fraud. 
There was no adjustments to Senate campaigns, local races, Republican or uh, uh, House. It was just Biden. And if these ballots were on the legit, it would be seen across the board. But those are 100K dumps. People were watching. Kimberly Strassel, I'm legitimately interested and confused by this. I checked at the top number and indeed Wisconsin's active register voter number as of November 1st. The bottom is approximate what has been counted. That is 89% turnout. Wisconsin has 3,684,726 active registered voters. They counted 3,288,771 votes. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is claiming a 71-state turnout. I'm not sure it gets it, but that would make more sense, given even populous Milwaukee did exceed 83, and Dane Lower do math on what the rest of the state would need. Wisconsin has same-day voter registration, but to be at 71%, Wisconsin would have yesterday needed 900K same-day registrations. Is that possibly conceivable? That would be akin to increasing Wisconsin registered voting population by up to 30% in one day. It would also suggest that if those same-day registrations hadn't happened, Wisconsin would have a ridiculously low turnout. I suppose it would be possible Wisconsin turned out higher than 71%, but 94 is what it's at now. Surely a record tally of the same-day registration must exist. It would therefore seem a straightforward proposition to set the number record straight again. Explain it. They won't. Analysis. Five Milwaukee wards report 89% turnout. Biden gets 95% of the vote. And they broke it down. They broke it down. That's not a lib not a conservative rag. That's local. And it's statistically impossible. This doesn't happen. You don't have Battleground states do one thing and other states do other things. That's now It doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. It's called fucking math and science. The party of math and science fucked up. They made it fucking obvious. It's so fucking obvious. The media slow rolling... Fast calling, getting him there so he can't he can't challenge it. And a pipe break, and all of a sudden you make up six points in Georgia, six points in fucking Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin and Michigan were four points apiece overnight during the dark where nobody can pay attention, and it's predicated by gigantic fucking voter dumps. I mean, we're talking gigantic. When do a hundred thousand votes ever get dumped for one candidate with no other adjustments for other races? When? It's never happened. But they thought people would go to sleep. 
They thought they'd go to sleep, but they were watching and they caught it. And that's why Republicans and people who weren't for Biden are going, this is insane. North Carolina won't give us anything to November 12th because I think they know Trump's going to win. And they can't have that. He would be able to challenge the results. And if you think I'm just making it up, well... Here's some fucking sound bites. Um, we'll be going to play. This is all over the internet. This man is wearing a BLM mask. He is in Michigan and he's tearing up ballots. I'm wondering what's going on here. Um, <clears throat> see, it has a fit about something. And then flips off a ballot and then crumples it up. Um, that's not voter fraud. I don't know what is. Here we have Louder with Crowder from Matt O. And we're also going to play Michigan UPS Whistleblower. It's all over the internet. There's numerous of these, by the way. I'm only playing one. There's like seven different people said it was all bullshit. Okay, so let's go to the videos. This is in uh, in Detroit. Uh, these are the ballots. But all these ballots for Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, I know that spot. So these are pretty raw. Yeah, these are pretty raw. So, how long are these videos? That this you one's have? three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. So let's. Okay. Okay. Oh, here right here. here. Right here. Okay. All right. So let's look at this. So okay. So right here for people who are watching. Again, we're just getting this. These are people bringing them in in coolers. There's no one around. That Those looks like folks. a radio. That does not wow. look like a bustling uh, <laughs> ballot counting operation. Wow. That in the, looks in like the dark. that looks like the kind of place where Hunter Biden would find his next fix. And, and one of the things is there's, you know, certainly a lot to be happening. Wayne County has a lot of votes, but it's the dead of night. Yeah. The polls have been closed for hours and hours. Where are these ba- Where are these? And they were supposed to from? stop counting. That's what they said on air. Right. And what, what are they doing at this particular moment that they need these type of containers at this particular time? Wow. Okay. Let's keep uh, fast forward. What was that? What was that voice that I just heard? There's a white band. Oh, it's someone it's narrating. Narrating. Someone's little cart thing. See. Wow. This is one guy. Yeah. And he's not even wearing a tie. So the, the person who's going to be logging in, um, our, her name is Kelly S., and she's a licensed attorney here in Texas, again, up in uh, the Detroit area who monitoring with some other groups that are part of the Attorneys for Trump organization. They're just there monitoring, making sure that things get done correctly. It's a wagon. And wow. you're going to see wagons and That's other a wheel-wed wagon. strange implements. So this is either a horror movie or something worse. Wow. I, can't, I mean, you, just, you wouldn't be able to trust that just because some ballots could fly off the back. 
That's a guy in a WrestleMania T-shirt with a KB Toys wagon. Wow. So he, he's I was bringing joking these... about the radio flyer. No, but yeah, you're right. I'm not you're the radio flyer. <laughs> you got the nice brand. on brand. Yeah, a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's, that's name brand. <laughs> good for him. Wow. They spent so, the extra so twenty bucks. So, so think of think of the different points here where there's no security. There's no security. First off, we have no idea how these things got into the van. There's no one there right now escorting him from the van. There's no one meeting him as he brings it into there. Like, uh, you would think that there should be a human conveyor belt yeah. of people. It should look like American gangster when they're, uh, all, when they're all uh, cutting the cocaine naked so that you're sure they don't have anything in their pockets. And this guy's just walking in. There isn't any kind of official there for, for hundreds of yards. Goodness. He's just we bringing actually, in yeah. a wagon right there. Tell us where you work. I work in the Traverse City Post Office, more specifically the Barlow Branch. Your boss told you and your colleagues something that shocked you this morning. What was it? We were issued a directive this morning to collect any ballots we find in mailboxes, collection boxes, just outgoing mail in general. Separate them at the end of the day so that they could uh, hand stamp them with the previous day's date. Today is November 4th, for clarification. Who is your boss and what is his title? Jonathan would be a direct supervisor, yes. Uh, as of right now, he is the opening supervisor for the Barlow Branch Post Office. So I, and this is anecdotal, uh, carrier down in another office said they watched the postmaster doing it. Um, if it were just a typical day, it would be clerks doing it up at the distribution center. So 8 p.m. election day, November 3rd, uh, the Court of Appeals uh, ruled ballots have to be received by that time. And, and what were you told? To separate them today so they could mark them with yesterday's date and send them through the express system to wherever they needed to go. This appears to be an attempt to circumvent Michigan law and allow late votes. And uh, you said there was a hamper where letter carriers were supposed to leave their ballots. Where are the ballots now? They were putting them into express bags to go to the distribution center. In regards to a uh, hamper, there was a standard hamper that all letter mail was supposed to go to, and they had a tub next to it that we were supposed to put any ballots collected today into. Yes. What made you come forward? Uh, that's sketchy. <laughs> I don't like sketchy. It screams corruption. Uh, also knowing the post office's leanings politically, it, it didn't seem quite right. What is your message to other postal workers who see things like this? Report it. Report it. How are we supposed to have any integrity in this country if we are just going to let things slide based on a scaling issue? Are you afraid of retaliation against you? Uh... I've had whistleblower policies backfire on me in the past, so yes. We'll have to reach out to Jonathan Clark for comment. Uh, hey, is this Jonathan? Yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm a reporter with Project Veritas, James O'Keefe here, and I have a, I have information that you guys have been stamping ballots with the previous date, November 3rd. He just hung up he the just phone hung on up. me. He just hung up the phone on me. Now remember, these are states where you had gigantic rallies, had people going around. Michigan had lockdown rallies. They were sick of all the bullshit going on. So then, of course, GOP people, after seven months of ultimate violence, the left is breaking it down. It repels fucking COVID. It is the center of democracy. Well, people go out to protest, and here's our media. So... Uh, there are a lot of security concerns. Plus, so, so Kyung, are they leaving? Are they, are um, they, are Kyung, are they leaving now because of the risk, or is it closing time? And what does it mean about beginning to count again tomorrow from that location? 
from what I can sort of piece together, because this was happening in the very uh, you know, few moments right before uh, I joined you here, um, this, this work is going to continue. The, at, at, uh, you know, again, 20 minutes from now, we are expecting the numbers to be released on time via press release, and everything is running smoothly on that end. The, the work here isn't stopping. There are no problems inside. The problems are happening outside and just trying to keep things under control so that this work can continue. What's the beef for the people outside? What is their message? You know, just a lot of chanting, um, a lot of slogans that we've heard before. Um, they're talking about count the vote, stop the vote, you know, that, that they want Trump. Uh, a lot of flags being waved, Trump flags. Um, you know, it's, it, we, we heard uh, people singing YMCA for a little while. So it's just a number of different songs and slogans All right. as, uh, as this keeps All right, la last thing, and then you've got to find your way out of there, and I'll talk to you from some other location if you want, or you just call in and give us the information. But how do we get the information from the Arizona uh, state officials tonight if it's not going to come from you in that building? Uh, we are told that they will get it to us somehow via press release. Okay. And so that will probably happen electronically. As soon as we get it, okay. we're going to bring it to you. All right, good. Safety first. Uh, I hate that that's an issue right now, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's not like you're in a situation where it's supposed to be high tension. Gotti's in the middle of quite a crowd there. Gotti, what's going on? Yeah, and, and Rachel, it's going to be kind of hard to see just because we're not turning on our lights. Uh, we don't want to be a distraction out here, and there are a lot of people uh, that are very, they have their emotions running extremely high. So anytime these lights come on, uh, you see people running towards uh, the cameras, and then they start screaming, and they've got a bullhorn. So uh, here's what's going on. It's very important that we show you what's happening outside of the Maricopa Election Center right now. Uh, you see that behind me. Uh, that's where they're counting those 400,000 ballots that are still outstanding. And one of the things that we've seen is, uh, right now they're, they're kneeling in prayer, but one of the things that we've seen is uh, them chanting very loudly, count that vote, count that vote. Uh, and then we've got poll workers that are coming off of shift, and the poll workers have to be escorted out by uh, armed sheriff's deputies. We're going to get a little bit closer here. We don't want to get too close. Uh, a lot of people uh, in the crowd are, are, are not wearing masks. We're, we're Keeping a, a respectful distance, um, but a loud and very boisterous crowd. Gotti, I know it may be a little bit hard for you to hear me because you're in the middle of that crowd, so let me know if you're having trouble. But are, are, is what you have seen or is what people are attempting there intimidation? Um, or would you just describe it as essentially an expression, just a, a demonstration that's peaceful and that is just people expressing themselves, but isn't designed to actually affect what's happening there at the counting center? Well, so far, uh, this is Arizona, and so if you take a look over here, um, a lot of times at these types of rallies, you see a lot of guns. You see a lot of uh, people with, with long guns, long rifles slung over their shoulders. This is an uh, open carry state, so it's totally legal, and we don't see any of that. So there are no uh, people with guns that are out on display. We have seen a couple of people with bulletproof vests, tactical vests, up at the front uh, of that crowd, uh, but so far, it's a very boisterous crowd, very aggressive. They've got bullhorns, and they will uh, let you know exactly how they feel. Scotty Schwartz, incredible reporting, and thank you so much for doing that walk uh, with your crew, and thank you to your crew as well. I know that you are in sometimes what's a really uncomfortable position out there with all those people being really aggro with you. Please stay safe, and thank you for doing this work for us tonight. It's just incredibly... You've had drama.
Uh, you have protesters outside. Okay. Uh, it's obviously going to be something that the people okay, counting so have to worry about when they go home. Take it. What do you have? Uh, okay, so we are just being told that this building is now going to close. So we are the last news organization allowed to do a live shot here. Um, I, I want to start here because this is what it's about. This is American democracy. What you are seeing here are the good people of the Maricopa County Elections Department doing the count. This is the tedious at times, long, hard work of counting the ballots, making sure the information is correct. I'm going to swing you over this way. Uh, this is my producer, Kim Berryman. She's talking about how we're going to get out of this building. There is an exit plan being formed because what's happening beyond those doors right there, and you can see that that is closed up, that shade has been dropped, is that outside there is a very sizable protest. Um, if you look at the aerial pictures from our affiliate, it's very big. This is a small parking lot. This protest has been going on for some time now. It has fluctuated in time, but it is sizable, as you can see. Um, the other we're showing concern it to people here, at home, Jung, just so you know. Uh, we're showing them what's going on. And that's what I want okay. you to talk about, is how do the people who are doing the job feel about what awaits them outside? And how is it affecting what they're doing? I mean, uh, okay, so let's, let's, let's start here. I mean, these people parked in that parking lot. Mm -hmm. uh, how are they going get, to get the cars out of there? That, that number one, when they, when they finish this count, because we are expecting a count in about 20 minutes, a, 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 a look at what's happening to the ballots here, what could help figure out where the 11 electoral votes are going to go. So they're here for a while. We don't know how they're going to leave. We frankly, as we look at some of the officers heading out that way to try to figure out what to do as law enforcement with this large crowd, and I should add that this is a crowd that is armed. There are a number of people out there who have been seen with long guns, with automatic, uh, semi-automatic rifles, because this is an open carry state. This is supposed to be democracy in action. Take care of yourself and the team. Send our best. I'll talk to you when you get out. Kyung, thank you very much. I got to tell you, you know, Mr. President, I can't believe uh, that you'd be happy with that on your behalf. Literally chilling a democracy that you know is fundamental to how we pick our next president. Is that the atmosphere you want? for what makes America great again. What a question for you to answer. It'd be great to hear it. So let's go back to the wall. Um, that's going to be a problem, right? Because now you've got people doing their job under stress. Now they're leaving. Now they come back. Maybe it's going to be delayed. And we really have to know because how Arizona goes will make a difference. Well, and I think the president would like Arizona to continue right. to count their ballots. Because I mean, right now, if the they guy stop, has a chance to win, and no his chance to win when it's trending the right way is being compromised by his own people chilling and scaring the people who are doing the counting that might make a difference for the president himself. I mean, that is why very often anger is irrational. It's not even productive for your own aims here. And just to circle back before we move on, every time we've gotten a dump from Maricopa today, it has been good for President yeah. Trump in terms of the ratio of balloting. And we have to keep going and watch. The president of the United States castrating the facts of the election uh, results that have been reported tonight, falsely claiming that he has won the election and disenfranchising millions of voters whose ballots have not been counted, sadly, because of the raging pandemic and the failures of the administration to contain the pandemic. But you know why this is so disturbing is because the message that it sends to his supporters, this is why people are boarding up the, the, the stores.
because he sends a message to his supporters that when the true cop comes out, maybe it will be in his favor, maybe not. But if it's not in his, if it is, if it's not in his favor, he has already planted the seed that this election has been stolen from him. Can I ask you, does the president face any repercussions for what he just said? He just out and out lied to the American people. Well, I mean, this is something we've dealt with for quite some time with this president, and he, especially when it comes to the elections process. But this is truly throwing a match on yeah. a, a big puddle of fuel, uh, because this is the scenario that uh, we were hoping didn't exist, where those boarded up windows and that anticipation of people feeling somehow disenfranchised rather than uh, excited. What is the danger of the president doing something like this? You know, before this election, we were told we kept hearing democracy is at stake, America's at stake, truth is at stake. What is the danger of the president doing something like this? So basically, it's okay for the left, but not the right. Which, once again, that's, that's what we always have. I mean, that's just what we always have. That's our fucking media. Peaceful people sitting there praying and going, hey, this is wrong and nobody explaining it. And if you bring it up, you are censored on fucking Facebook. Your posts are fucking removed. And not a single media source asking, what the fucking fuck is going on? How does this work? Because... They played the game and they were part of the the dim plan to do this vote by mail shit. So you explained it's going to take longer to count. But when you start before you even fucking count them on Fox News with the guy who is a Hillary supporter and Chris Steyerwalt, a never Trumper, literally, literally saying... Well, in our polling that we've done, um, these are going to break uh, pretty much 90% for Biden. Well, the polling was wrong. Biden was supposed to win in a landslide. The Senate was supposed to flip. The House was supposed to pick up seats. Donald Trump wasn't supposed to win black votes and Latino votes at record level and in two swing states that always pretty much show what the fucking country's gonna do expand his voter base but swing states that used to vote blue miraculously now have vote by mail that is 90% Democrat. Just Biden. Because if this was all true, if if this was supposed to be face value, this is how the election turned out, these how these votes would turn out, the House would have flipped. The House would have fucking flipped more Democrats, and the Senate would have became Democrat. So you're telling me people only voted for Biden. And you just happened to count 138,000 ballots and dump them in Michigan 
just for Biden. Nobody else. Just Biden. But to the protesters, NBC News Journal reports increasingly mob-like scene at Detroit Ballot Counting Center. What we're seeing is essentially an increasing mob-like scene of self-proclaimed poll watchers who say that they want to get access to the building. People burned shit down for six, seven months. YouTube pulls video of left-wing activists inciting election unrest. Some of these were horrible, but I couldn't get them. And before we go in to our violence, let's cover one of the huge things the media did at the very end. Because I'll surmise at the end, the whole process. Media, Democrats, and FBI, but but peaceful Trump care fan with big scary flags. And a guy literally shows all the damage that was going on because of Trump caravans. They didn't like that. So Wendy Davis triggered an FBI investigation into the Biden-Harris van. And it went all over the place because once again they wanted to fire up that base. Trump train incident with Biden bus. Police say Biden-Harris vehicle likely at fault. Newly released record show it wasn't the Trump people. It was the Biden people. That's why it happened. But that, once again, was part of the PSYOP campaign to get people to vote for a guy who didn't campaign. And they're running around now saying he's got the most votes. He got more votes than Barack Hussein Obama. Those are comments by your media. And I want you to think about that for a second. Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama. Does anybody believe that's possible? Anybody. Can that happen? In a common sense world, just using basic logic, would that happen? If there wasn't some voter fraud. An article that came up showed already that in these swing blue states that miraculously shit votes just for Biden by himself, nobody else, dead people voted. But the links got disabled by Twitter. So I can't cover it because I didn't copy and paste it. The article's just gone. Doesn't exist anymore. It's just gone. Because as they were cooking the books and slow walking results and fucking calling for Biden the instant they could possibly do it, on the other side, Twitter, Facebook, 
pretty much took down anything, anything you question. If you question, it got removed. There'll be no questions. We're going to take this election and you're going to shut the fuck up. And that's that's just fucking insane. I mean, this shit right here, boys and girls, and it's not me saying it, it's numerous normals, non-political, I go to their Twitter feed to make sure who they are. This is what third fucking world countries do. This isn't what America does. America doesn't stop voting, have pipe breaks, and all these excuses not to fucking count the vote, and then in the dead of night, dump votes. We don't do that. That's not how our election worked. And the reality is, if Florida, a state that had the highest turnout they've ever had, can count and have a result on the same day, why in the name of Zeus's fucking ass crack are these very important swing states unable to do it? Can anybody tell me why? It goes in with what we're talking about. How is that possible? How? Anybody. How is it possible? It's not possible. And as I set it up, if you looked at this data and everything that's going on from the eyes that it was Donald Trump, and this is how it went down, you would be saying, okay, this is rigged. Donald Trump stole the election. Christina Bob, the DNC expects us all to believe that a million late ballots from PA, GA, AZ, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, all broke Biden way in every state. In bulk batches, where there have been realistic percentage between Biden and Trump? No way. Real Donald Trump had a lead of 700K in PA until mystery ballots showed up and Government Wolf belongs in jail. She's spot on. Spot on. Kyle Becker, swing state voting irregularities. Senators in swing states underperformed in VA, New Hampshire, Rhode Island. Biden underperforms Hillary Clinton in cities except Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Biden mail dumps with 100% margins. GOP lose zero House races. Trump GOP flips several state legislators. Trump gets the largest black and minority votes since 1960. Trump gets the largest Latino vote. Let, yet he lost. Normal people. I believe Trump won Virginia and took and look at Illinois numbers. Wouldn't be surprised he won there too, but they manufactured enough pretend drool bucket. One. Amia. Yesterday, things didn't add up to me. The proof put forth lacked substance and much of it was misleading or debunked. Today, has been different completely. I, I once again, I am not some fucking moon bat. I was coming on here 
to say, hey, this is probably wrong. To be questioning, Trump needs to just give up. He needs to give up the vote. It's over. He lost. To the ramifications. I think one of the biggest problems we're going to have coming off this. Well, let's take a break really quick. Um, I'm going to play, because once again, there's so many sound bites. This is going on at the same time. And I'm going to play some Tucker. Well, no, no, I'll play. Here are two sound bites about POC and how horrible it is that POC voted for. And they were covering this while at the same time they were stealing POC cities. That miraculously didn't vote at high levels for Trump. They voted all for Biden. And one soundbite, which will have many coming forward, of CNN, the polls aren't our fault. We didn't fuck it up. Attitude that the media is doing. Nate Silver even told people to go fuck themselves. And then we'll come in to some ramifications and go straight into violence. All right, so Brianna, stay with us because this is part of the big story here. Abby Phillip, you know, this was, Democrats had expected this blue wave, right? They talked about it in the polls. They talked about the Senate, as I just said. Uh, they didn't have to defend many seats. Uh, they had a lot of seats up that were competitive. Um, they expected to take uh, the Senate. And that is not what we are seeing at all, unchanged. No, not at all. And I think that... Uh this is one of, going to be one of the bigger stories, I think, that comes out of this cycle. Putting aside what happens at the presidential level, Republicans were uh, the underdogs in this cycle. This is an extremely unfavorable environment to be running as an incumbent Republican in either the Senate or in the House. You have uh, a president who is very unpopular. You have an economic uh, downturn that has affected millions of Americans. Uh, And in that environment, you see so many Republican senators hanging on, so many Republican congresspeople hanging on, and some Democrats even in some seats that are undecided who are... uh, these seats are too close for comfort for many Democrats. These are some Democrats that, that I think uh, uh, national Democrats had expected to survive and may not survive uh, this cycle. So a lot of soul searching, I think, for Democrats about what happened here. And in some cases, it seems that Republicans are either performing as well as Donald Trump or outperforming him in some of these places. They're not able to, to have some of the negativity that they've tried to, uh, to put on Donald Trump stick to some of the other Republicans. Uh, we don't have the same dynamics that we have in Florida, where you have, like in Miami-Dade, I think it was George pointing out, a large uh, Cuban influence uh, in terms of Cuban voters who look more uh, uh, to the propaganda that we're dealing with socialism and all. But remind us why that resonates so much in South Florida and why it could be affecting Biden's chances tonight. Well, you, you know, that has been a message throughout with Cuban-Americans. It has resonated with Cuban-Americans. But this time the message was much stronger. There was a lot of disinformation in radio stations in, in Miami, in, in Spanish-language media there. And they really scared people uh, into socialism. And especially now Venezuelans. Venezuelans are only 2% of the vote, the Latino vote. However, they are coming out in larger numbers. So it really is the turnout that is being affected. You also have Central Americans, you also have Colombians. So that, that's why it's resonating so much. Another reason besides the uh, anti-socialism message 
is, is the violence. A lot of people fear the violence. So law and order is also a huge issue for them. Republicans were successful in trying to tie Democrats and Joe Biden, even though he made it very clear publicly he's not a socialist. They were very successful, it appears, in maybe possibly doing that, tying him to that. Yeah, just to weigh in on Miami-Dade, the real problem, I think, early on is labeling Joe Biden as a socialist. And the fact that the Biden campaign was very slow to respond to that also didn't canvas. Because of COVID, they were not canvassing. The Trump campaign has been canvassing in Florida for three years. The Biden campaign only came in recently. That's why they sent Barack Obama in twice in just the last couple of weeks, the last week. And in fact, it may not be enough to overcome that advantage. And also the policies that Chuck was referring to, policies on Cuba and Venezuela coming out of the State Department, they have been just pouring the stuff out to attract those Latin American people who are tied to their to their home countries. And, and the socialism la label you're saying kind of stuck to Joe Biden. media bubble one podcast at a time here's tony reed selling author mark stein mark stein thanks for joining us tonight what does any of that mean do you know well, I do think, uh, as this is a most unusual campaign, Joe Biden has basically, insofar as he's campaigned at all, uh, what happens is his staffers go to Avis Rent-A-Car and rent a bunch of uh, mid-sizes and compacts, and uh, Biden comes out and shouts at uh, seven parked cars and calls it a rally. And I think what's happened is he's actually started talking motor vehicleese to them. Uh, Bada Kafka is that gauge on the uh, on the dashboard that you're never quite sure what it's for. That's the Bada Kafka. Don't go near it. Don't go near it. Uh, the whole thing is going to uh, seize up if you if you go uh, if you go anywhere near it. But as you know, Tucker, he's behind uh, with black and Hispanic voters. He's underperforming, but he is overperforming. Uh, with uh, 1992 Toyota Corollas, who have actually been his biggest audience at these uh, so-called campaign appearances of him. So I think Bada Kafka is either a word in motor vehicleese, and I agree Trump has dropped the ball on Bada Kafka. He's completely, he's got nothing to say about Bada Kafka. Um, but I do, think, I do think that this is going to be a critical issue in the campaign. Yeah, well, I think you make a snarf a Karani point. You really do. Mm. It's connected to the intake mm. valve, obviously. Mm. Yeah. We both knew oh, that. Oh, well, yeah, who am I, uh, Tucker? No, that, that's, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> mm. it's, I, feel, I feel mean doing mm. this. Poor guy. Why does his wife let him run? Uh, well, why should you brush uh, up? <laughs> Thank you, Mark Stein. It's, good to, it's great to see you. I want to begin this show with a single image. Now, the image doesn't tell you who's going to win or lose tomorrow. Instead, it's a metaphor for the election itself and for the moment that we're living in and will continue to live in. 
The picture is from a town called Butler, Pennsylvania. It's 35 miles north of Pittsburgh. The president held a rally there over the weekend. Butler's like a lot of places you'll find in this country once you head inland from the coasts. It's a former industrial town. They made Pullman rail cars there for many years. But it's been losing population for decades. There's still a lot of nice people in Butler. For 60 grand, you can buy a decent house there. It's a place you might be happy in. But our professional class is not impressed by Butler. They don't consider Butler, Pennsylvania, or places like it, the future. To them, places like Butler are embarrassing relics of a past best forgotten. The men of Butler may have built this country, and they did, but they mean nothing to our leaders now. You can be certain of that because when large numbers of people in Butler started killing themselves with narcotics, no one in Washington or New York or Los Angeles said a word about it. And so it continued. There have now been so many opioid deaths in Butler that a few years ago, residents built an overdose memorial in the middle of town. MSNBC didn't cover that. So given all of that, it was interesting how the people around Butler feel about Donald Trump. Here are the pictures of the president's rally there on Saturday night. Tens of thousands of people came. So many people that the crowd obscured the horizon. It looked like a visit from the Pope. When was the last time a political speech drew that many people? Well, the media didn't ask. Instead, they attacked the rally as a super spreader event. Trump endangers thousands in Pennsylvania. Okay, we'll leave the epidemiology to CNN. But the question still hung in the air. Why did all those people come? Why? They must have known that Donald Trump is the most evil man who's ever lived. They've heard that every day for five years. They know that people who support Donald Trump are also evil. They're bigots, they're morons, they're racist cult members. They know that Americans have been fired from their jobs for supporting Donald Trump. Not to mention kicked off social media, belittled by their kids' teachers, shunned by decent society. Only losers and freaks support Donald Trump. People in Butler knew all of that. But on Saturday, they went to the Donald Trump rally anyway. Why exactly did they do that? We should be pondering that question deeply as we watch tomorrow's returns and as we live through the aftermath of them. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They're not deluded. They know exactly who Trump is. They love him anyway. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago, when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency, and it's every bit as true right now. It may be even more true than it's ever been, and it will remain true, regardless of whether Donald Trump wins re-election. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. 
They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world, but our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in that picture. That's what's going on in this country. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They're not deluded. They know exactly who Trump is. They love him anyway. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years, has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills, who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago, when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency, and it's every bit as true right now. It may be even more true than it's ever been, and it will remain true, regardless of whether Donald Trump wins re-election. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world, but our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in that picture. That's what's going on in this country. So the ramifications are pretty simple if you, if you think about it. Um, we're going to be looking at a media that isn't going to really learn um, anything. They're just not. Um, I think uh, one that really, really sits with me is this one. Mark Noller, Nebraska sitting a sure thing for Trump, but he's holding a rally in Omaha to secure the one electoral vote from the 2nd Congressional District and go for Biden. Trump cannot afford to lose a single one, says state SEV. Get the hell out and vote. Happening now in Nebraska, gigantic picture. Jeff Salini, President Trump took off in Air Force One one hour and 20 minutes ago, but thousands of his supporters remain stranded in the dark. Thousands of people left in the cold. Omaha Scanner. Office report parking lots are clear. Very little pedestrian traffic. Vehicle drivers returning to some normalcy. Officers continue to assist the public. The state of our media. Jake Tapper. Omaha. Hundreds of Ted Trump Epley Airfield are left stranded. Tom Bevan. Incidentally, I spoke to someone who was at the Omaha rally last night. They said the media coverage is a gross distortion of what took place. Regardless, the fact that the media is hyperventilating over the Omaha bus story while totally ignoring that a whistleblower has publicly accused a Democratic nominee of lying about selling access and influence to China is astonishing. There was rioting in Philly last night and Biden Business Associates evidence that Joe is lying crook. That's how they covered it. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Gover tweets, image of massive crowd at Trump rally to warn Democrats. Never 
has a Republican garnered the crowds that he did. These are organic crowds, not media intensified. Oh shit, you want to be like everybody else and vote Biden crowds. These are real crowds. And the media ignore it. Partly because they want to suppress the vote, which I'll surmise at the end how this all went down once again, in my opinion. But because they hate him so bad. And that won't change. You think it could change. You think possibly these people will learn or look back and realize, hey, we're out of touch with Americans. You know, these people that said in 2016, we don't really know Trump voters. And you heard, you know, with the Tucker, they don't know them. No, because they're part of the Democratic establishment. They're just going to take what they want, get extreme power, and you can shut the fuck up. Because they live in the bubble. Stanley Cohn ran an acquaintance while walking my dog in Brooklyn and I said he didn't vote because he doesn't hate Trump enough to vote for Biden. Generally took me aback. Whatever happens this election... I'm haunted by how so many liberals, me included, assume everyone else thinks like us. But they do. They live in a bubble. They vote in 90%, 96%, well, shit in this election, 100% precincts for Biden. So they don't know. They don't understand that they, nobody thinks like them. They're 5 million, 4 million votes. It isn't there. This this is a tight race. Everywhere. Except for where Trump had great numbers, and we're not talking about that. Meghan McCain. There's truth in this, but I, I once again think it was on purpose. Modern American polling is dead and modern American pollsters should find another vacation so they stop wasting all our collective time and helping to gaslight the media and American public. At what point is our collective media going to accept just how out of touch with the majority of the country they are? I predict they won't. They will just quadruple down rather than accept, learn and try to actually represent so many of the voters they so clearly disdain. They have not figured out how to do a poll that isn't biased because it's Sally Cohn. They 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 are liberal, so everybody's going to vote for Joe. To them, Joe's perfect. He's a little puppet. We can get him to do whatever the fuck we want. He's great. But I think, as I stated in the fraud thing, that was part of the plan. It's psyops. If we talk about voter suppression all the time because we require people to actually match their signatures and show a fucking ID. That's voter suppression somehow, because, you know, you got to have it to get your snap, but whatevs. And racist. But the real voter suppression is the media that has continually made one person the devil, and we're going to polls it. Oh, you don't need to vote. Don't vote. Because in my opinion, they didn't plan for mass voter fraud, just enough to get them over the hump, and that's what they've done. So you still have to suppress Trump voters. Get people not to come out. Josh Gabriel Simmons. 
This is absolutely nuts. The director of the major polling organization says the surveys could have been off because of voter suppression that cost Biden an even bigger victory. That's perfect. That is like, frame that what's wrong with our system. That's a director of a polling organization that's supposed to be doing un, you know, totally nonpartisan polling. He's saying, well, it's just voter suppression. Because he's a damn. David Frum, you have no idea how badly I hoped would never have to write, think, or talk about Donald Trump after tonight. That's a journalist. Brian Butler, Trump has no free and fair path to re-election if he wins, as he's cont- contemplating winning. We should not accept him as a legitimate leader of a democratic nation. That was going on before they started cheating. And now, of course, it's what is wrong with him? Ben Shapiro, fascinating to watch the mood from Democrats this morning. Even though they believe that Biden will win, they're sour. That's odd. Because supposedly this election was all about getting rid of Orange Man bad. But that's the dirty secret. It wasn't. It was about power. And this election did not give the Democrats power Tuesday night. was terrible for Dems. It broke their vision for ascended intersectional coalition. GOP will likely maintain the Senate. GOP will maintain its state, ha- state houses and redistricting year. GOP gain House seats. Which brings us to the Shapiro ramifications column on tuesday nights the american people spoke they spoke of million upon millions of voices to produce the greatest presidential election voter turnout in a century and they sent a variety of messages voters rejected the prevailing narrative of media determined to make the election a pure referendum on trump character even if Joe Biden prevails eventually, we'll likely be faced with a Republican Senate majority in a 2022 contest that will put the House of Representatives squarely in Republican sights. Voters rejected the pollsters' overconfident modeling. Pollsters were dramatically wrong in their national numbers and just as wrong as their Senate estimates. Voters apparently aren't all that interested in registering their opinion with elite firms who see them as social science subjects or deplorables. He didn't put in there, but that's what I said. Voters stuck to their guns in red states, they stuck to their guns in blue states, they stuck to their guns in purple states. America's divided. It's not growing less divided just out of the elitist, overwrought, and hysteric mewing about Trump. This is still a country that is one-third conservative, one-third liberal, and one-third in the middle. By one message, re- But one message resonated above all. The outright rejection of the ongoing guests by Democrats and the media to paint America into racial categories and then declare democratic de- demographic destiny. Trump bucked four long years of Democrat media members labeling both him and his supporters white supremacists, bigots, and homophobes. He refused to be crowed by a media determined to paint him as a racist, refusing the faulty premise that America is institutionally bigoted, and he won an increasing share of black and Hispanic voters. According to the Edison exit poll, as of election night, Trump has gained two points with white women, four points with black men, and four points with black women. I've seen much higher. Three points Latino men and three points Latino women, and five points in other categories in Florida, according to NBC News exit polling. Trump coalition included 55% share of the Cuban-American vote, a 30% share of Puerto Rican vote, and 48% of other Latinos. Trump substantially elevated the national share of Latino black voters Republican and did so without pandering on illegal immigration or buying into the Black Lives Matter movement. It wasn't just Trump. In California, a majority-minority state, voters refused to greenlight the racist Proposition 16, which has repealed a state constitutional provision banning a racial discrimination, paving the way for reparations and affirmative action. 
They did so by a margin of over 10 points, and despite the fact that Prop 16 advocates spent 12 times the money. All of this has sent woke thinkers into spasms of epoxy. The execrable Nakota Hannah-Jones, Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project, tweeted out that Latinos can no longer be considered a racial category since some Cubans are white. Charles Blow of the New York Times tweeted, we are surrounded by racists. And then it goes on from there. We also, and he's not going to say it because he doesn't believe it, saw how far Democrats will go to get an election. That's how far they went. And he won't say it. Now, nobody trusts the election process. Even if you take out what appears to be fraud from people that were paying attention, and from my point of view, if you're on the left, you say it was rigged because he didn't lose in a landslide. The Senate didn't flip and the House didn't pick up seats. If you're on the right, you watch states just stop counting and weird things happening. We can't do an election without bias. And if you think it's not seeping down to everybody, my mother remarked. We've never stopped voting. Why were they covering up the windows? Because the media can censor it, but it still gets out. People still talk. This whole process now makes the right or non-progs not trust elections. Because we were allowed to let states just make rules up right for an election so they can win it. Because they were in doubt. And it goes back to a recurring theme on this podcast. Listen to them when they speak. Believe them. Watch them. If you go back to 2012, all the things that went on so Obama could win, including the IRS, why would you not think they'd escalate now after four years of this craziness because they lost an election? Why would you not think they'd cheat? But I'll save that for my closing Remarks. Let's go into violence. While the media calls it peaceful, we call it the violent left. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protest is supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, he kills. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. So even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Okay. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. If I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time 
An actor assassinated a president. They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Country is right-wing. Most of them radicalized right to the right. All punches are not equal morally. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. About the president and his attacks on democracy, because ultimately the next few days are all about. Well, this, what you wrote here for the paper, for the magazine, you said, an American president attacking American democracy by sowing doubt about the results in advance of an election. That's simply never been seen before. And he continues to do it every single day. Is that what journalists are privately worried about? I asked you what they're privately saying. Is this what members of the media are privately very worried about? We talk about unrest, buildings in downtown D.C. being boarded up. Is it fundamentally because the president himself is attacking the election? Brian, I have covered American elections since 1990. I have never seen a situation where not only journalists, but a broad swath of the American public uh, doesn't trust in what the outcome is going to be on Tuesday night, doesn't trust uh, you know, that our system fundamentally is going to hold up. And that has been a purposeful strategy of the President of the United States. And I would say that, you know, let's, let's hope uh, for all of our sake, uh, Democrat and Republican, uh, that uh, the system holds and that there's a clear-cut outcome, that it's accepted by both sides. I would say that the damage has already uh, been striking and notable and already been done. We've never had a president who's been willing to attack the legitimacy of our institutions of American democracy in this way before, and he has not been condemned uh, by his party in doing so. And I just, I think that, uh, you know, even in a best case scenario, uh, we will be assessing the damage from this period for a very long time. These are things that were literally unthinkable. And people talk about Bush versus Gore in 2000. The truth is, is that uh, when it was all over, uh, and throughout the process, you had both President Bush and Al Gore, who were believers in the system. Uh, Gore gave a gracious concession, and Bush gave a gracious acceptance, in which they both ultimately mm -hmm. came together. I think the fear here is that that might not happen this time. Right. In 2000, there weren't buildings being boarded up in major cities. Now, look, let's be honest. Probably that's happening, Susan, because uh, you know some business owners are worried about uh, liberal protests in the event of a Trump win. But there's also this dynamic of fear of unrest in the event of a Trump loss. So, Susan, we're talking about trust in media and this. Um that's one of my favorite sound bites of all fucking time. Yeah, it was Trump's fault. We were boarding things up. That, that's why we were doing it. I, I, I once again, just, I, I, I don't even fucking know what to say. Wolf Blitzer, I never thought I'd see many buildings here in the nation capital boarded up on the eve of presidential election anticipation of possible unrest. It's not just D.C., it's everywhere. John W. Dean from Nixon. What does this say about the USA under Trump when we have to board up and employ extra security for commercial areas on election day? Ben Shapiro, it says that people who condone violence because they don't like Trump are douchebags. But that's not what they thought. Molly Hemingway. I know we all know what this is not happening because of Trump supporters, but kind of weird how elites have normalized leftist political violence in America in such a short period. Eddie Zipperer. Watching a CNN anchor lament the ongoing riots is like watching Godzilla go, oh my gosh, I know, Tokyo's all ruined. Matt Yanglazy, another 
reporter for Vox. A ton of landlords in downtown D.C. plus the Walgreens by my house are anticipating post-election violence and preemptively boarding up their windows this weekend. It's awfully ominous. At any rate, if Trump ends up stealing the election in a way that makes you want to smash windows, I would suggest this luxury hotel rather than random office buildings or Walgreens. Those were all allowed to stay. If you said that as a Republican, you were done. Their other legal angle on violence, Jeff Bennett. The White House on lockdown, a federal law enforcement source tells NBC that beginning tomorrow, <clears throat> crews will build a non-scalable fence to secure the White House complex. 250 National Guardmen have been put on standby. Clara Jeffries, a journalist. No other president has had to fortify the White House. The entire world said, ever heard of Lincoln? But once again, they don't, they don't have that. And there was violence. There was violence. The media, of course, ignored all the violence. We didn't talk about the violence. We didn't cover the violence. But here's just some of the fun shit. Uh, Colorado, and I'm going to put little breaks between this. No USA. That's good. BLM stabbing a reporter. The day of a lib activist losing his fucking shit because Trump might win. And then my two favorites. They'll get added to the violence montage, which will continue. Leftist woman, fuck you, fascist cop, and spits in his face. And another one, I hope your kids are raped and killed. Gotta help him. I'm bleeding. I know, but you gotta help him. Yo, get on. Get the fuck on. Get the fuck on. Yeah, girl, they tried to, he tried to stab you. They stabbed me. They stabbed me. Oh, shit, they stabbed Beverly and Beattie right now. They just stabbed Beverly and Beattie. Call 911. Are you anxious and afraid right now over what might happen in the next few days? Good! You are a normal person having a completely normal reaction to what is completely fucked up, okay? Nothing in the past four years is fucking normal. It's not fucking normal to have 240,000 people die and then you're told, no, that never really happened. What? Trust the plan. What? All right? If you're feeling anxious, you're feeling stressed right now, Congratulations, you are a normal human being, having a normal human reaction, alright, so get out and fucking vote, cause none of this is fucking normal! that's some nice stuff right there those are nice people and that's my subdued attitude today because i'm just shocked violence won 
violence won. They they got away with it. They they can scream and yell. They can beat people. They can do whatever they want. I mean, it, it's just un fucking believable the level of just hate but it it's just so echoed in the democratic party and the media i mean it's condoned newly released records show text messages exchanged between kenosha da and blm activists spanning almost six weeks So when you have Democrats that allow it and they're part of the process and we reported over all these many months, PBS reporters for fuck's sake, and then you have Sonny Hostin and Kimmel, this is what they said election night. I am actually surprised um, that this race has been so close, not because of the pollsters, but more importantly, because Uh of the botched job that this president did. I mean, for the past four years, this president has shown us that he is a misogynist, that he is homophobic, that he is uh, racist, and that he can that he mismanaged a, a, a coronavirus pandemic to the tune of over 250,000 American deaths. Yet 50% of America right. saw all of that and looked the other way to their brothers and their sisters and said, I'm going to vote for him anyway. And that is really disheartening because for me, that means that you are selfish, right? I'm not going to say that 50% of Americans are racist and sexist and, and, and homophobic, but I will say that that tells me that they will look the other way to that kind of behavior, to the plight of their fellow Americans, if personally they feel that they are right. doing okay and that they will do better under that uh, that right. type of presidency. And that, I think, is despicable. It is un... A lot of people need to have a... Excuse me. They, a lot of people in this country need to have a come-to-Jesus moment and look in the mm. mirror and see what they did. She's right about a lot of it. Uh, again, we don't call people names, so, but look in the mirror and, and say, did I vote because of my pocketbook? And did I ignore the fact that children are being separated from their parents? Did I vote because of I don't want black people moving into the suburbs and ignore yeah. the fact that black people are always behind the eight ball in this country and can't get a leg up because of my votes? People have to look in the mirror. She's right. Yep, the race is still too close to call. Apparently, a lot of voters looked at 90,000 COVID cases a day and thought, Sure, I can do four more years of this. <laughs> Experts still can't believe the race is this tight. Apparently, people are voting based on which candidate they want to drink bleach with. <laughs> I have to say, I'm very happy and relieved that we. it looks like we're finally sending this monster back to Mar-a-Lago. But I'm also... I, uh, yes, go ahead. I'm also shocked that it was this close how could i mean we reunited the cast of every movie and tv show ever made to win this election it is unimaginable to me that close to half of american voters saw what this man has done to this country over the last four years how he kowtowed to vladimir putin he cozied up to kim jong-un he alienated us from our allies he put children in cages he villainized the the free press he hit his tax returns he tear gassed peaceful protesters he pardoned all his criminal buddies. He extorted Ukraine. He misled us about COVID. He dismantled the pandemic response team. 
He dismantled health care. He called neo-Nazis very fine people. He hired a, a never-ending parade of imbeciles. He lied, he lied, he lied, and then he lied some more. He is a liar and a cheat who wants them to stop counting thousands of legitimate votes. And almost half of us are apparently okay with that. Half of us want to keep it going for four more years. Which, listen, I don't care what you think of Joe Biden. If Joe Biden stopped by my house every morning to key my car and pee in my pool, still be no question which one of them I'd vote for. None. I mean, what? Sane and not fit to leave this country. I feel like I overestimated the American people and I underestimated the village people. They hate you. But when we look at the sum total, if I'm being honest, we think they hate us. The difference is we might articulate things like that. They physically do it. They just physically do it. And it's it's getting to the point where you're it's really scary. It doesn't stop. More chaos in Portland downtown, Andy and Geo and Antifa Riot. New York Post, National Guard, called into Portland. I got this from Sean in Oregon, and I really want you to think about that. Once the election started, Marie sums it up. I find it interesting now they call the National Guard. They wouldn't call it in because Trump had said it. But now Kate Brown's gonna, because this was election night through last night. Additionally, during this peaceful change of power process, we had BLM doing table side fucking service in Rochester again. Well, we're going to protect, we're going to protect your people. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. we, 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 we're also paying them for training that they don't even have to do. Oh, my God. 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 Oh, my God
National Guard. Thought this is all bullshit. Wheeler won. Antifa didn't. Maxine Waters on conservative black voters. I will never ever forgive them for a Trump vote. They didn't learn. Nicole Hannah-Jones and WAPO's Eugene Scott. One day after this election is over, I'm going to write a piece about how Latino is a contrived ethnic category that artificially lumps white Cubans and black Puerto Ricans and indigenous Guatemalans and helps explain why Latinos support Trump at the second highest rate. Eugene Scott, these days I'm reminded quite often that you do not have to be white to support white supremacy. Ida B. Wells again, or Hannah Nicole. Also, whiteness is not a static, and it's expandable when necessary. A lot of folks we don't think of as white, I think of themselves as white because the lines have never been entirely clear. That's the beauty of white supremacy. It's extremely adaptable. With just discussing Eugene Scott this, some people get disappointed because people they don't view as white view themselves as white. But the truth is whether they view them as white or not is irrelevant, especially if ultimately they end up voting the way the white people historically vote. Axis Husky's ghosts. Anybody can be white if they don't think like they should. Mary Not Jinder, Democrat tweets. It is clear and obvious that Trumpers are not Americans. They are a nation unto themselves at war with America and must be eliminated in mass. We must be a nation of people willing to go the furthest distance for democracy. So realistically speaking, how do we get rid of the racist, white supremacist, militia, Trumper, maggots? Re-education camps like China deals with Uyghurs? Jail the leaders? Shut down their access to all media? Seriously, how? Something easily done in the near future would be to cross-reference voting rolls from 16 and 20 and prohibit those who registered as Republican in both cycles from voting for 20 years or upon satisfactory completion of a civic re-education camp. But those people that were protesting peacefully, they were destroying democracy. 
I read one, I could read thousands of what people were saying when they thought Biden was going to lose. Jeffrey Dunleavy, believe it or not, the Target toothbrush saga happened earlier this year. David Levitt, Bob don't care about Sally's right to control her own body, about minorities, the environment, or basic human decency. Bob's a fucking asshole. Why is Sally holding Bob's hand? Bigot Bob can go fuck himself, and there's plenty of amazing people that'd be happy to be with Sally. What is he talking about? This is Bob. He votes Republican. This is Bob's friend Sally. Sally votes Democrat. Bob and Sally are still friends because Bob and Sally are both adults. Be like Bob and Sally. He doesn't like that. Because most of us realize this has gone too far. We have to do something to take us back from the edge. And it's really hard when they keep attacking. They keep saying things like this. Media are allowed to say the things they just said. I mean, Eugene Robinson's all over your TV, boys and girls. He's allowed to say that everybody's a white supremacist because they didn't want to vote for a Democrat. Now, really think about that. Is that the country we want? I mean, a lot of people have said, maybe we should back it down a bit. Maybe all the socialism's talk is too much. We should fix that. I believe I have those in our This Is America section. Maybe it's too much. Maybe America isn't what we think it is. Those are Democrats saying it, boys and girls. But their base wants you destroyed. You're evil because you don't think like them. I mean, really think about that. I may sound like a very angry person sometimes when I read these things. But I have never said that a Democrat who doesn't vote like me, should lose their right to vote for 20 years. I've never even thought that. I mean, do I see people with Biden stuff and go, how the fuck did they vote for that guy? Or have I gone, hey man, you know, I I don't think these people know what one party rule would do to this country. It would alter it beyond anything we could repair. It would start civil unrest in the street. It would happen. I don't care what you think. It would just happen. Because Americans aren't that. They're not the 18% of the left who believes you must think, speak, and do what I say 
or go to a fucking re-education camp. Those are things Americans, they're not down with that. Not even the lefties who voted for Biden. I truly believe in my heart of hearts, most of them didn't even know what he stood for. They just didn't like Trump. And I think if we did a full recount of this entire election, and I truly believe this, Biden did not get the most votes ever. Not the most legal votes. But they will continue on. Reuters ran this the day before the election. I'm not going to read it because we've already read a hundred of them. You are no longer my mother. A divided America will struggle to heal after Trump era. And within this is once again a kid saying, you're not my mother because you didn't vote like me. And our media pin it on Trump. It's his fault. Really. It's his fault. What did he do? It's been you. You haven't accepted the election. And now we're seeing the media in my next podcast, which will be Sunday or Monday, will literally be them saying he's ruining democracy because he won't accept the election. Then you have the trans side. To everyone, stop trying addressing Trump supporters like they're human beings with basic understanding and comprehension. They're fucking monsters. You really need to surround yourself with the type of people who would tell you to shut the fuck up when you say stuff like this. Ben Shapiro, this strategy is likely to win friends and influence people. Another one. Janelle Mona, Shred Civility, says anyone who voted Trump will burn. Janelle Mona addresses Trump and his supporters. Fuck Donald Trump and every American citizen celebrating white woman, black man, etc. who supported him. They all need to burn. 1619 Project. Not going to play it. And then you had this, which totally exposed what was going on for years. And you can't get the video. All right. Well, maybe I did get the video. Did I get the video? How long is this? Okay, I'm going to play two of them. This is the first one. And then I have a second one. And for those that say, oh, you got a tinfoil hat. Americans wouldn't do that. This is why for four years Trump was always having leaks. Trump was always being countermanded. Trump was having all these problems. These are two different federal workers. One is with um, the Blaze. And the other I found online saying what they would do on election day to fuck things up. These are activist tactics. Let's talk about what actions and decisions are in your immediate sphere of influence as um, somebody who works in the government. I'm a management and programs analyst. I work in the national security community. I spent three and a half years um, as a contractor at DHS HQ. If you read the mainstream press, like they all have signal accounts, text them, leak everything you can. The journalists I've dealt with have been super ethical in ways to shield me to be the source of the leaks. Groups on the outside being able to show uh, solidarity with federal workers. Making sure that we're naming 
what is happening as a coup. Totally agreed in the shutdown BC conversations that I've been having, and that's not on the federal side. We um, also are often saying, like, call it a coup. It's a coup. Don't let anyone tell you it's not. President Harry S. Truman famously said, I thought I was the president, but when it comes to these bureaucrats, I can't do a damn thing. So the bottom line with this is that we all, as ordinary people um, and as federal workers, have power. If masses of people engage in non-cooperation, no ruler can stay in power. Bureaucracy is a really powerful pillar. And, you know, federal workers have unparalleled familiarity with the bureaucratic process. They know how to speed things up. They know how to slow them down. They have access to critical information about policies that are being considered and implemented. They can participate in internal decision making. They can provide or deny knowledge and expertise that those um, at the top of the bureaucratic uh, totem pole need. It ultimately comes down to individual decisions and personal choice. Deciding what to do or what not to do is a very personal decision. It's based on context. It's based on your rank, on your tolerance for risk, um, on your preparation, and frankly, where you sit in the federal uh, federal bureaucracy. And we're talking about the range of different tactics. Um, we talk about acts of commission and acts of omission. And another act of commission, albeit highly um, you know risky, and there are a number of um, uh, great downsides is leaking. So leaking information about pending or actual policies with journalists, with activists, influential people on the outside. So another act of, um, uh, of commission is creating parallel structures or self-organizing units. So organizing in the office place, in the workplace. As an attorney in the federal government, um, I, I am finding the chat uh, suggestion is very interesting and I just do want to remind people that we lose our status as federal employees if we strike. And there's been a little conversation going on here, for example, about Black Lives Matter and how that is an example of a nonpartisan political statement. I guess that's been previously litigated, but whether or not you do a misdemeanor or an infraction on federal property or on public property um, really doesn't affect uh, most of the jobs uh, that you would be considered for, just just as a sideline note. Yeah, okay. as an attorney, I, I think I'm a, we, we're highly, uh, you know, that's one of the things we have to be careful about. I would just say this is also the importance of being in communication with and in touch with groups, civic groups, grassroots groups that are preparing people for the possibility that red lines may be crossed, um, that, you know, that the election goes sideways, you know, so everything from choose democracy to hold the line, um, to shut down, uh, we count on us. I listed a few of those um, in the slides earlier, but, you know, they're the ones who are really in the vanguard of helping people think about, uh, interpret red lines, um, and think about different actions that can be taken well beyond kind of street protests and demonstrations, but kind of sustained organizing in action. What does it look like in practical terms to put, you know, uh, to slow the gears down in some ways or another? At, at, at the Department of Labor, it, it takes the form of um, several rounds of the cost-benefit analysis for a new regulation. And when, um, when the numbers were, when people were cheating on the numbers, uh, a copy of that draft got leaked uh, to the Daily Labor Report and it got published and it got sent to a congressperson. And the Office of Inspector General opened an investigation on who was cheating on the numbers. Um, so again, that's sort of a combination of tactics. It's, it's 
It's making a really good paper trail. It's making sure that that document got out to someone who could make use of it. And then Congress getting the Office of Inspector General involved. It's, it was really a way to stop that thing just in its tracks. And it, it worked really well. Well, that letter that I read, I think we really are in a battle of good versus evil. And look at how far we have come because we have a guy who's, who doesn't care. And he's willing just to go, no, that's, I don't agree with you. I know you're all the egg-headed experts, but you've been saying this for 80 years or 100 years, and it's not working, so I'm not doing it anymore. If he mm-hmm. gets another term, he will clean out that deep state because he has every reason to do it. He, uh, Have you seen the, the Zoom calls? Can we play, listen to this Zoom call. This is from the, what is it, the Sunrise Foundation, Black Lives Matter, and uh, shut down D.C. They had a Zoom call, and on this call were people from the government. They were in positions in the government, and they were being asked, what levers do you have to be able to shut things down? I want you to listen to what they are plotting. Here it is. So we began to put together a list of things we want to know about in the city. So where are all the police stations? Because it's good to know where the police are. Where are all the key government buildings? Where are all the media outlets? Who are the Trump boosters? So we're talking about what would it take to surround the White House and have people do stuff? We can divide it up easily with affinity groups. We have to be willing to put our bodies on the line and take on some discomfort, sacrifice, risk in order to change things. And I've been in conversations where people have never thought about having a gun or like, should I have a gun? But I think we have to know, and I'm going to talk a little bit in a few minutes about what do we do when guns are in the mix. So again, chaos is a soup by which change emerges. Let's get cooking. Again, we didn't cause the war. We didn't ask for this war. Many of us are here because we want to fight it. We want something different. What are we willing to do? Mm. Right? Because again, we're not dealing with people with just simple guns. We're dealing with people with AR, you know, AK-47s, multiple rounds, a lot of shootings. So um, yeah. We are going to be in a crisis, but we want it to be one that we are creating. We want to make sure that we are on the offense and not the defense. We want them to be responding to us and us not responding to them. In a situation of a coup or an insurrection or an uprising, whoever's got the guns often can win. We should be clear. Like, it's got to go. Trump's got to go. In order to achieve what they did, they knew they had to take over important government buildings. They knew they had to try and win over members of the police and army, and they had to protect each other. I think we don't have a lot of experience taking over government buildings, and we might need to think about that. And I know, as I, you know, I said earlier how you know, we may find ourselves in the streets with people with different tactics than ours, but like there may be some people that are willing to break the windows to get into the government buildings. Like if that's what we need to do, then we shouldn't fight about that. Let's do that. Wow. This sounds like a suburban mom, you know, I mean, she sounds, this is what, these are the three groups out of the 200 that the Democrats have partnered with to create chaos we showed you all of the documentation, um, the 200 groups. I think that came out in uh, maybe the New York Times, maybe, 
about a week ago about how these 200 groups are putting on have been put on standby again this is leaked a leaked zoom call between the leadership from shutdown dc the sunrise movement and blm and they're worried about the right creating violence this is what we're up against and this is part of the deep state and part now of your democratic uh, or democrat uh, party this is part of it now you are not dealing with your grandfather your father or even barack obama's uh democrats it is now a marxist revolutionary group The right doesn't do that, folks. Non-progs don't do that. And that has been four fucking years. So if you really want to break it down, maybe it was good that Trump's going to lose this election, legally or illegally, depending on how you look at it. Because it wasn't going to change. They were still going to keep undermining the legitimate president, because they believe they can. And when you have one side that will go to violence, one side that refuses to accept the results, and a media that only points to that side, the other side, when they say, hey, whoa, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. How, how does this happen? Can you explain And they ignore that because they're part of it. We're in serious trouble. As a country, we're in serious trouble. Which leads us to our This is America. I couldn't do an election without Van Jones once again. With his melodramatic bullshit. Even though he knows Trump. He worked with Trump. He knows he's not a racist. Yeah. That doesn't matter. It's time to get a... Emmy. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America in 2019. Before you go, I just want to say a couple of things. I think um, I think a lot of Democrats are hurt tonight. I think there's a lot of hurt out there. Um, there's a moral victory and there's a political victory. They're not, the same, they're not the same thing. The political victory still may come. But I think for people who saw babies being snatched away from their mothers at the border, uh, for people who are sending their kids into schools where the N-word is now being used against them, uh, for people who have seen this wave of intolerance, uh, they wanted a moral victory tonight. Uh, we wanted to see a repudiation of this direction for the country. And the fact that it's this close, I think, uh, is hurt, is, it hurts. It just hurts. Uh, I think people got, people got their hopes up looking at those polls. Um, the political victory, I think, is still possible because you still have Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Nebraska, too. The political victory may yet come. Mm-hmm. But I think I have to be honest tonight that I think people 
who uh, there, there were people who were hoping for a big repudiation, and that has not yet come. And a lot of people are hurt and scared tonight in Democratic Party. Senator, I think there are three things we can learn. First of all, uh, there's some myths that have been destroyed tonight. Uh, Republicans, it turns out, when a whole bunch of people vote, it doesn't necessarily hurt you. So maybe you can let more people vote. You had a big turnout. You haven't been hurt by it. Democrats, it turns out, when diverse people uh, vote, it doesn't always go our way. So it's not a census. It's an election. We're going to have to do a much better job of reaching out to Latinos and to African Americans in some parts of the country. And lastly, these polls are not to be trusted. There's something wrong with the polling industry uh, because uh, the reason that people right now, I think, are hurt is because we got got a little bit inflated with these polls. See, when you can't even have facts... Grabbing babies from their arm. I mean, that's 2012, man. I mean, that's that's where we start. That's our basis of everything on this show and everything wrong in our country. And it's the goddamn media. So much so, the worst things I saw. The gap. The one thing we know is that we could together move forward. Liberals attacked and then it take it down. It was a half red, half blue uh, hoodie. Had to go away. And while Republicans are going, hey, this is fucking bullshit, Facebook takes down Stop the Steal group and had 365,000 members. WAPO was right on it. Facebook banned Stop the Steal group. Trump allies were using to organize protests against vote counting. But you can have everything else. You can have BLM and Antifa groups on Facebook. They don't block that. Twitter allows them to communicate. It's all good. Not getting reported other than conservatives. Spanberg on the damn caucus call. We lost race. We should have. We shouldn't have lost. Defund police almost cost me my race because of an attack ad. Need don't say socialism ever again. Need to get back to basics. Is yelling. If we run this race again, we will get fucking torn apart and get in twenty two. Spanberg said. Pelosi comes back on and says she disagrees. They won the House and the presidency. We have a mandate, Pelosi says, before getting off the call. Also, early in the call, Debbie Macari Powell, who lost the race, was crying and mentioned how people can't pronounce her name and said, stop being negative on Twitter. Jeffries came back on to tell people, stop leaking and the reporters aren't your friend. Jay Powell is telling Jeffries to find the leakers. It just keeps going on. Pascal now called out Schumer. Pelosi's done an amazing job, but where's Schumer in all this? Says Pelosi has one hand tied behind her back. Rashid Tlaib saying before we make painful statements, we need to wait and see how the numbers come out. Feels like I'm being asked to be quiet. Then we need to appeal to certain people, and that's not right. Tlaib, they called Obama worse. They called him a Muslim, a socialist. You can blame these words, but if it wasn't on BLM, we shouldn't be saying anything. Didn't go out. And then along with it. In CD7, Spanberg now leads by 5,000 votes after Henrico County Post 14,000 absentee ballots that were all for her. Nothing to see here, right, Abby? Henrico County Register admits thousands of absentee ballots found on mislabeled memory card as they start making it work. D. Chuppel C. Chair blames bad polling. House Speaker Pelosi predicts Democrat pickup seats in the election. Tonight, House Democrats are further poised to expand our House majority. On a caucus call, Pelosi's given a positive assessment outcome of Tuesday's election, despite House Democrat losses likely mean she will hold a smaller majority. We did not win every battle, but we won the war. Pelosi told her caucus that Tuesday was a big win for the party. She's explained the D losses by noting that 2020 was more difficult cycle, but somehow stems with Trump on the ballot, particularly ones in deep red states. 
Manu Raju spitting it for CNN. They'll repair this. They'll put a thumb in the dike. This is quite something. Update on house races should make Pelosi and Dems nervous. Brett Baer. It's quite something. As we are looking at presidential and Senate races, think back to Speaker Pelosi's news conference with the president prediction about the election. 416 House races appear decided. Democrats 212. Republicans plus 10. 19 seats remain. GOP lead 10. To win 218 in House majority, GOP would need all the districts they're leading in plus Georgia, PA, and UT. But it won't get out. It won't be a loss. They'll talk about how it wasn't that good. And they'll blame it on racism and white supremacy. Because you have reporters doing this. Florida counted 10.5 million ballots in 24 hours. Trump won. Georgia has taken two days to count 4.8 million votes. And Trump's margin is shrinking. It's remarkable how Biden performs the best in states where counting takes more time. That's that's real. That's a real thing. Because it doesn't matter what they find. It doesn't matter how the votes end up coming out. They could prove in this election what I think happened and what many conservatives think happened. The media will spin. No, that's not true. No, that's a lie. No, they will not admit it. They will keep spinning to ensure the Dems win. They just will. I mean, one of the big stories would be this in a real media. David Sirota, the Lincoln Project raised $67 million. Republican voters against Trump raised $10 million. So $77 million for the Dems. The results of their genius spending, 93% of Republicans voted for Trump in 2020, up from 90 in 2016. And it didn't change a thing. Didn't change a thing. They didn't do a thing. If anything, they actually made people... Vote better for Trump. Or could have been his performance. Regardless of what the media says. And then you once again look at the maps. The map for 2020 as it stood yesterday. It's almost all red again. There's some enclaves in the center. But it's almost unbelievable how much of this country is conservative but they don't get credit they're shouted down they're told to shut the fuck up it's it comes down to that on a lot of elections And then I have to cover one thing, and I saved it for the end. This is from Matt in Oregon. Sean in Oregon had it. I found it online. 
There are two pieces. One is a California talking about it, which kind of destroys the theory that they didn't know. But then all over the internet last night, there was this letter that was passed around. Once again, I cannot validate if this is real. If it's not real. The only post that matters. Explanation is 60 chess being played right now. Trump wants the vote to continue. CISA watermarked all ballots that were sent out to registered and legal voters before Election Day. The Dems didn't know about the watermark. Trump told them about the watermark just before all major swing states froze. Dems panicked because their fix was already implemented and froze counting so that they don't have to call it and Trump can't audit the ballots to prove fakes. Listen to what I just said. The Dems didn't know about the watermark and they cheated. It was a plan all along. Trump wants the vote to finish, but he's tweeting stop the vote so the Dems will take the opposite and finish the vote. This is a stall and a shill game right now. Trump has won. Have faith. The plan is being executed. The fraud is revealed. There is talk about watermarks. It was imprinted in and part of this election. There's a California document, Alex, Secretary of State, State of California, that talks about it. But this was dated August 5th. And each state had a different one. They didn't watermark it until right before the election. So if there's truth in this, and it's why I didn't put it as a major section, if they cheated, it will be shown. If they manufactured ballots, it will be shown. But right now I have little faith in it just because California knew. And if a major blue state knew about it, then all these cheaters knew. They, they were told in time to manufacture fake shit. Which, once again, totally could be wrong. It's just hard with this data not to say something's wrong with the count. So before I wrap up, I wanted to play this. This came from Tom Elliott. And I was going to use it as our This Is America, but I waited. Just put against, once again, I asked you this whole podcast to think like you're watching this happen to a Democrat. And how would the media and everybody react? Part of the problem of this election is the psyops being done by the media to suppress Republican voters. You can't win. So here is his, and I want to say there's six sound bites. Six sound bites. The worst predictions for 2020. Brought to you by Tom Elliott. It, 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 right. You've got the Saudis, you've got Israel, you've got uh, Turkey, you've got all sorts of countries that may have an interest in who becomes the next United States president. And that poll that we just put up shows that overall 52 percent of Americans say that they think the U.S. is prepared versus 41 percent who think the U.S. is not prepared to keep this election safe and secure. Among Democrats, it's only 31 percent who feel confident. Um, obviously, Republicans feel very confident because if it is interfered with, it's probably to their benefit and only and about 51 percent of independents. Is there anything being done at all to keep in other countries out of our election systems and not just propaganda wise, but, you know, what if we wake up the more of the, of the night election and we're told Trump won Vermont? How would we even deal with an actual interference in the vote? 
Right. I mean, again, a direct attack on the United States where a nation state has decided that they are going to actually hack the results and make it so obvious in such a way that one party, the Republicans, say, well, that's just too bad. That's the result of the election. Donald Trump wins. And the other party is left standing there blinking at a president who now believes he can do anything he wants in the natural national interest so of course all of our opponents in the global threat arena that's north korea as you said saudi arabia has a very vested interest in keeping donald trump in as president of the united states and they use israeli american and other uh subcontractors to carry out nefarious hacking and intelligence activities this nation is going to be under attack cyber-wise, unlike anything that we've seen before. Not just disinformation, but I think we may possibly finally see people put their hands on the thumbs of the scales of American voting machines or tally machines at the state level wherever they can. And it will be sloppy. It will be so obvious that, again, there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it because one side will accept the result. You said this week that you don't think President Trump will serve out his entire term. Uh, where does that come from? That's a pretty, that's a pretty wild claim. Well, it's really not wild. My, my record thus far has been spot on. I don't think I've been wrong about anything yet in the last five to six weeks. And I stand behind that claim that I made yesterday. Jake, uh, you know, there's a lot of evidence in this case. There's a lot of shoes yet to drop. Michael Cohen is not going to hold up. I've been saying that for weeks, and now others are repeating it and getting on the, on the bandwagon. Michael Cohen is going to flip on this president, and he knows where the bodies are buried, or at least many of them. And I do not think that the president will last through the balance of his term. I just don't. Now, we're going to find out if I'm right or wrong, but I think he's going to ultimately resign the presidency. What, when you say Another sort of dark place, and, I, and I've said, you know, when it comes to the Trump administration, you, you sort of have to use your lurid imagination to imagine, you know, what might someone in an autocratic country do? Because unfortunately, um, you know, he's slidden out of the realm of what happens in democracies. I want to show you a tweet that Donald Trump put out today. I don't like love reading his tweets, but here's one. He said, mail-in voting, unless changed by the country, will lead to the most corrupt election in our nation's history. He put in rigged election as a hashtag. He keeps on talking about mail-in voting potentially being uh, the, the seeds of a rigged election. And I want to play you what John Heilman said um, on Morning Joe this morning. And this is something that people are thinking about and talking about. I want to get your response. Okay. He's talking about sending un these unmarked paramilitary guards to places with Democratic and Demo blue states with very blue cities run by Democratic mayors. I think we should all take very seriously the prospect that this is, as I say, a dress rehearsal, a trial run for first an attempt at voter intimidation on election day. Are these are these unmarked paramilitary units going to be uh, doing security at the polls in in battleground states? I think that's a question we'd like to have answered are you concerned about that that these paramilitary forces will be used to suppress the vote using intimidation and fear i mean if you'd ask me that question about any other president i would say of course not that's that's you know the script from a very bad movie but this administration this president has demonstrated that they have a capacity to go lower than we can even possibly imagine so yeah i think we have to be um concerned about that his attempt to um talk about mail-in voting and all the fraud that is um, associated with it is factually incorrect. He's just trying to set up a, a, a situation where he has the ability to delegitimize a vote that he might lose. 
if he loses, and I expect that he will, then we have to be prepared for what he is going to do in the immediate aftermath of such a loss and what he'll do for the time period between uh, the election and the inauguration of the next president. Uh, we have to be prepared for things that this nation has never faced um, before. And unfortunately, that could involve the use of uh, you know these these forces. Uh, who knows what uh, what he'll do, uh, and the people who are in, as part of his administration will support him uh, in doing. I do believe, and everybody keeps saying, "Oh, the Republicans are never going to appeal. They're never going to appeal for the exact just reason you said." Not only are they, it does it get to a point where you can't run cover. They see even if he doesn't get impeached out of office, he's a loser in 2020. And let's get yeah. let's start to get behind it. Nikki Haley beats every Democrat that's out there right now. Mitt Romney beats Everyone. every Democrat that's out there right now. Every and, single and one. That to me, I don't. I think we're also we're just seeing the opening credits of this stuff. All of the staffers right. that involved have lawyered up already. Well, this is just the beginning of Act Three, and we're already close to that 50 percent threshold mark. So I think the Republicans. At some point, you know, nobody wants Donald Trump. They don't want Donald Trump there. We know that. Even Jeff Flake said that 35 senators, if he voted publicly, they don't want him there. And I don't think we are that far. It was interesting. Mitch McConnell mm -hmm. yesterday said, yes, I would take the impeachment to the Senate. And I was assuming he was going to do Merrick Garland, because there is a little wiggle room in there. Do you actually right. have to take it to the Senate? So I think you're starting to see the cracks already. And I would not be surprised yep. come 2020 that the Republican candidate is not Nikki Haley. So, you know, Gene, it's not like Donald Trump uh, has a loyalty with the party base. Like, But he would step up and challenge President Trump in 2020? I think so, but I, I, I'll say it again. I, I don't think that they're going to have to step up to challenge Donald Trump because I don't think Donald Trump's going to run for re-election. He didn't want to be elected president. He didn't really? think he was going to be elected president. He didn't even think he was going to get the Republican nomination. Uh -huh. He's going to cash out. I think that would be a smart thing for him to do. You know, uh, well, no, 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 I'm serious. No, I, 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 I actually I, think I'm dead serious. I would be. I, I would be. I, I'll tell you why I don't want to. Right. So undermining a form of voting that we know is going to be more important in 2020 than ever because of coronavirus. It's, it's telling us that he's not necessarily prepared to accept the results of the election. Using federal forces against peaceful demonstrators outside the White House, now in Portland, and increasingly encroaching on the state policing power. Uh, you know, he tr they're trying to make it sound like Chicago is going to be different, but he's setting precedents now. And I think Nika was exactly right this morning when she raised the proper concerns. And, and the Wyden quote, to me, crystallizes it. This is what would happen if you were a, an authoritarian president who was preparing to, to, to resist a loss in the election, you would be saying the things Donald Trump is saying, and you would be gradually rolling out federal police power into the states against the, the, the wishes of the mayors and governors in question. This is how it would happen. This is how the movie would play out. And anybody who's not looking at this with a state of alarm and concern and worried about, is this president going to, to, to employ formally martial law at some point, as Ron Wyden suggested yesterday, is that on the president's mind? Is there anybody, having watched Donald Trump for the last three and a half years, who doesn't think that Donald Trump would try to employ martial law if he thought it was the only way he could stay in power? I ask you, Joe, is there anybody mm -hmm. who's sensible who comes on this show who doesn't think that that's possible? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that was part of the plan. So, to surmise my theory, we make it so Trump voters won't come out with inflated polls that they know they can't be right. 
We then simultaneously talk about suppressing votes so that it's out there. We start the vote. Trump does way better than they think. The demographics, the voting, the pickups in swing states and major states was unbelievable. It usually carries over to all the races and everything. We then pause it with the broken water pipe in Nevada. At the middle of the night, 100, 138, and 120, I believe, were the numbers. Get dumped straight Biden. They don't vote for anybody else. There's no Senate. There's no nothing. Totally fishy. The American people go, what the actual fuck? We then fast walk Biden, slow walk Trump, and three days later, every major league that he has, he's lost. Biden is the president of the United States. Trump is going to protest all this. But between me, you, and the wall, unless the watermark is true, the Democratic Party, by changing rules and going to mail-in, just pulled off voter fraud in front of everybody. Because you can tell me all day, the American people spoke. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. This is not how election data goes. This is not how we've ever called an election. This was fishy shit. And now we walk away with the other side not believing it was a legitimate election. Because if you're going to say he won, you're just crying over spilled milk. The President of the United States, Senate, House all go to same. That's why they call them waves. How can Biden have 100,000 at a pop fucking election results, but the Republicans pick up House seats and hold the Senate? It's a wave. Doesn't happen this way. Demographics don't change just in one state. That's not how it works. That's why the media's pissed off. That's why they're super defensive. That's why you got them calling him a, a fucking goddamn turtle on his back. And I have never been more sad as an American. We look like a third world country doing election because we have one side who's not playing by the rules. Even if the votes are real, you don't kick out poll workers and cover windows unless you're doing something wrong. And as stated, if Donald Trump was closing down avenues for people to check the vote lord have mercy it would be unacceptable but even fox news is going along with it they're happy to report he's lost chubby ass Stirewall gets on there with glee because he wanted him to lose every one of these election places was being run by democrats and the new york times already told you shut your fucking mouth the media calls races not the secretary of state, not people who validate the votes. The media calls it. And I really want you to think about one thing. Has this always been going on? I mean, Trump's a bastard racist because he said stuff about black cities. But it's fairly common sense if you're a adult. There's been major voting problems in every one of these cities since day one. That's how things just go. 
We know this. They're crooked. Chicago politics isn't called Chicago politics because somebody just made that shit up. But these cities doing what they're doing is crooked as fuck. And if the inverse was true, everyone would question it. But we all, all those that didn't want Biden, need to take solace in the fact that they can't do their one-party bullshit. They can't ram through legislation the American people don't want. And not saying not to protest or voice your opinion. The most important thing, people who want America to stay America, that has nothing to do about race, women in bathrooms or fucking kitchens making bread, all the stupid shit the left says. A system of governance that is done under fucking compromise. 2022 now becomes very important. The House and Senate need to stay Republican. In 2024, the Republicans need to put somebody up that isn't so divisive. It can't be Trump, which I heard a lot of people saying that. I just look at him like, you seriously are smoking fucking crack. And we need to take back the country. If they will go through the lengths that they've gone through for the last fucking four years and technically do some bullshit fucking electioneering, even though it's a real, these people shouldn't be in power. But more importantly, we, the silent majority flyover Americans, can't turn into them. We can't start using violence as a means to get what we want. We can't run around all day saying he ain't my president and undermine every fucking thing they do. We have to be the fucking adults. My sadness is, if counts true, 70 people voted for violence because that's what you were voting for. If we're all told we're all white supremacists because they think Trump's a supremacist, well, the inverse is true for them also. We can't run an election without problems. And sadly, now the entire country trusts nothing and our hate and rancor keep going up. I close the show every time I shut off the media. My wife finally went with me because she was watching this shit. I said, I can't do this. It's just going to make us angry. It's over. There won't be any way to fix it unless we recount every one of these states and have people that are objective look at every ballot like Florida again because I think they're bullshit, but that's not going to happen. Our media in 2000 or our media now is night and day. They're not going to let it go. They're going to push it and the American people aren't going to be for it. And it's going to be a total go fuck. We got to move on and realize Biden's the president of the fucking United States. It's horrible. It is un-American. I don't know how the fuck people could have voted for him. Not because he's hateful or he's a Nazi. Because he's fucking senile. And incapable of doing the job. That's what I'm talking about.
but I think that's by design. And we need to start doing everything we can to stop the far left from taking over our country. They're the ones pushing all this. That little fucking fucktard Shapiro in Pennsylvania is glaring proof of what these people are. On an election day, talking that much fucking shit as an elected official is the scariest, most unfucking democratic shit I've ever said, I've ever seen. It's just wrong. And sure, I'm sure Trump's shit wasn't great either, but you didn't get to see Trump shit. Because it was censored. Democrats could say whatever they want. So you didn't get to see Trump shit. But 2022, I know I, for the first time, will help Republicans, even though I'm not one. And in 2024, it's imperative that we get a president of the United States to try to right this country, heal this country, and stop this. We have never been closer to falling the fuck apart. And we're here now. But we can't become them. We can't start a resistance. Or else this shit will get out of control. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share this with family and friends. Send comments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. gmail.com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Down, and Pocket Cast. Going to shoot for a short podcast probably on uh, Monday. I can't do Sunday because my my son coming over. So 9 November, Year of Our Lord, 2020. Going to try to do some military stuff because it is a veteran today. From here to then, just do some checkups. Watch Tucker Carlson. You'll catch up. Do what we're doing. We're decorating the house for Christmas. We're spending time watching some movies. And don't go down the rabbit hole. Don't become them. We can't have a red resistance. It's not who we are. Normals, non-progs. I'm not talking about Republicans, but non-progs. We're not those people. We're fucking adults. So let's act on it. Act like it. Tune in on Monday for our next show. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Facebook page at FOP Podcast and Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. Remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count. Thank you.